Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this guy sick proudly presents to you its tag team champions of the world, Falls Count Anywhere. Hey, let's go. Might not have been, might not have been expecting that. It's been a minute since uh, Falls Count Anywhere. Been a long time. I was, I was forgetting it. Mm. I just thought I'd bring it back. I'll bring it back for this episode. As this it is, is going to be heavily wrestling focused. Yes. And it is Tian. Yes. Has watched some wrestling. I have. I sat down and watched four matches. One of which I remember very, very well. And the rest I don't remember very much of. Uh, but hell, listen, I won't spoil which one it is. But there is one that is fucking dope. Purely because... It's legendary by, yeah. by today's standards. Well, it, it, it was actual fighting. Like, when people think wrestling... They think, oh, it's fake punches, pulled punches, you know, cushioned blows, cushioned falls. But no, these, these fuckers were getting hurt. What year were you born, Tim? 1996. Yeah, so that match was the year you were born. Oof. Was it? Was it I, six? Yeah, I think it was 96. I thought it was 96. Because I, 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 I always said 98 was when, um, spoiler alert for who it is, I swear 98 was when he was doing the ministry. It might be not, 96 seems a little early. Brett was still there in 96. Yeah, it's King of the Ring. I think, wasn't that the year Austin won King of the Ring in 96? Austin won King of the Ring. So we, what we are talking about, we're talking about Mankind versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Mm. So as as Scott fact-checks, the premise of this episode is, Tian doesn't watch wrestling. No. Um, it's, not some, <laughs> it's not something he's into. It's not something he has ever thought about watching. No. While Scott and I do watch wrestling. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, you were right. It was 98. 98. That's my bad. I okay. thought it was a little bit earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, no, 96 felt early to me. June 28th, 1998, King of the Ring. And we sent Tian four matches to watch. We yes. sent him... Matches from New Japan and matches from WWE. the Attitude Era yeah, uh, yeah. WWE. Uh, specifically, because we knew he'd get two completely different tastes. Yeah. And it would be hard, I think, for anyone to suggest, say, WCW, because not that WCW didn't have great matches, it did, but without the context of what was going on, <laughs> a lot of the WCW matches don't make fucking sense. No, I think if you were going to send him anything like for entertainment value that I can think of, it would have been War Games. A, a war, war game, games, yeah. a war games match. Which, if you're going to watch war games, you might as well watch NXT war games because all three so far have been fucking incredible. Okay, they have. That's coming I... up next month as well. Right. And and as I said, like with WCW, one of the biggest matches they ever had was was Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg, where Goldberg was undefeated and he beats Hogan for the title. Oh yeah, when he won but the title. without the context of Goldberg's run, without knowing the Hulk streak. Hogan's stranglehold on the company through the NWO and all the behind-the-scenes politics and stuff going on, the match isn't that great. Like, it, it's actually pretty piss-poor, but if you know everything, you're excited and you can't wait to see it happen and you, you're riled up for it. People still get amped for, like, Goldberg when he turns up nowadays and stuff like that, but he can't go now, and if I'm honest, he couldn't really go back then either. He was a, he was a football player who got injured and then took up wrestling, which a lot of them were. A lot of them are still... A lot of the bigger powerhouses are literally ex-football players, uh, American football players that get get, okay. na- get knackered and then they go do wrestling. Well, they just don't get drafted. They're, mm. they're, they're an elite athlete, but the sport is just riddled with fucking excellence, right? Yeah. They, they fucking can't, they can't fit in a league, so they don't earn money. What they got to do, play for a little small league, which will still pay them, but not for the training they need to do. They might get side jobs. And so a lot of them go, well, look, I've got a good body. I can fucking, I'm an athlete. So I'll go and try wrestling. And Goldberg was one of the first big names to break out after doing that. So that's who he is. Mm. He was a powerhouse, but he literally was like 
in essential as a two move pony. You know, he 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 has like he has a background in Muay Thai. But I think he's black belt in Muay Thai. So he knows martial arts. Mm. But he literally was literally Goldberg is and always will be spear jackhammer finish, which was literally his setup. He'd spear for the setup, lift them up, which is basically a suplex when they're okay. up in the air. Then he would literally just slam them to the ground and then pin them. That was his finish. And he might chuck you around a little bit or throw a couple of kicks here and there, or well, but bit, mostly. Look, look, look what happened to Bret Hart. He well, was, yeah, Goldberg was found safe. Literally kicked him in the head and ended his, ended his career. A concussion so bad he could never wrestle again. But he did, and it was yeah. terrible. He should stay. He should have well, stayed retired. That wasn't a wrestling match. Remember the technicality behind calling it a wrestling match. No, it was a, it was re- a re- unsanctioned street fight or whatever. The fuck I refuse they to it. acknowledge it exists. Because the minute they called it a match his insurance for his injury would have been null and void apparently that's what it was with oh, Brett. Really? I don't know whether he could physically do anything more than he could but so he had to just brawl and uh, that shit so, I like to forget that happened. yeah yeah we, no we, we, we won't we won't ever have you on to review that uh, actually yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind giving him, giving him four really nah, fucking man, terrible matches and just see all that I'm not gonna lie I Jeff to... Hardy versus Sting um, <laughs> oh god uh, so was it Bound for Glory? Was well, it? Or? I it might have been Turning Point. Oh, uh, yeah. High as fuck. But high, the champion rocks up high as a kite to defend his title and literally can't even stand up. What the fuck? That was Jeff back there. Jeff was going through some I, um, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, actually, while I was looking at these videos. I remember I finished the second one and all of a sudden uh, a street fighter called fucking Kimbo Slice was on my fucking screen. And I just saw this big guy like big just... black board dude Kimbo yeah. he's dead now um, he is dead yeah he, he was Kimbo Kimbo would knock fuckers out but the minute he started getting in a cage with professionals he was doomed yeah you know I think he may have got a couple of wins but he was getting fucked up by people that were skilled yeah. he wasn't skilled he was just with nails right he was just yeah. this big roided up black guy that would knock you the fuck out because he could I'll tell you what if you want to watch a really like the, a darker side of wrestling check out a show called Dark Side of the Ring Dark Side of the it's Ring. It's a documentary series. There's two seasons, third season starting soon. And it basically invest. it kind of deep dives into the the dark, like as it, as it sounds, yeah. the darker side of like the wrestling. So mm. the de- de- certain deaths of certain wrestlers, um, infamous moments like there was literally this guy put on an, an, a pay-per-view full of pretty much all retired wrestlers. And it is as bad as it sounds. They were fucking terrible. Jake the Snake was on it and he was still going through his alcohol and drug addiction. So he was a fucking ruined mess. And it was just fucking awful. And obviously the the, the Benoit murder-suicide. Owen uh, Hart's death. The mm. death of Nancy with Nancy Argentino with Jimmy uh, Supervised Snooker. It works. Sounds like he blatantly murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, he died before he could be tried. Allegedly, for it. He, he died before they could do anything. Well, he had severe Alzheimer's by that yeah. point. He doesn't. He wouldn't even be able to testify because he wouldn't remember. And wrestling sketchy. So before we do stuff, we can actually touch on that a little bit. There are some things that happen in wrestling that are sketchy as fuck. That are just, especially in the WWE, especially with Vince McMahon. Oh. I mean, there is there are rumors that Vince McMahon has Irish mafia connections, especially in the beginning when he first started up. And he would use those connections to get his way. But even more recently, he fired a wrestler for not wanting to give up her Twitch stream. I mean, this is this is what they've come to there now. If you are a wrestler and you have a and you work for them with a Twitch stream, they have taken them off you, and the Twitch streams will now become official WWE Twitch streams. They will take the revenue and they will pay you from it. But as part of your wage. Yes. It's well, going to go uh... towards your wage, not to go because with the pandemic going on. They don't get paid for doing shows anymore because yeah. there's no live shows. No they live normally live shows. get part of the gate, right? So they get these downside guarantees, which is like 60 grand a year. 
And then on top of that, they get their merch money, they get their gate revenue, they get their pay-per-view revenue. You but know, all, so all that's gone out the window this year. Sketchy. Because they're not fucking doing any of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, so they, they, a lot of them, like a good number of the wrestlers, mm. started for Twitch. Or a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, because it makes sense, right? Like they're there's, doing it anyway. There's like the odd channel, like um, Xavier Woods has got um, Up, Up, Down, Down. He's okay. been go- he's been going for about four years now. That's a huge and it's channel. a huge channel. They wouldn't dare take that off him because he probably makes he could probably make more money just doing his YouTube channel. But he gets wrestlers. Literally, it's like they do tournaments and it's all like backstage at the at the at the events and stuff like that where they'll just get together and just do like a tournament yeah. or they've got a championship belt now. So literally, that gets passed around like when they when they lose mm. at like a game. It's like potluck game where it could be like Street Fighter or. It could be a racing game or something like that. Literally, oh, okay. And that's what they do. He's like releasing videos like three times a week now. Since he's been that injured and stuff like that, he's been doing a lot more. That's quite cool. Yeah, because they Vince basically learnt because he's how much money they're making. How much money they're making on the side. They now they have to close down their stream and if they want to keep it up, they have to give WWE even if you put it under your real name, not your wrestling yeah. name, oh, they still fun. technically own your likeness your likeness and here's the fucking funniest thing about the what about fucking family videos does that still count yeah but here's the here's the thing Tian, and this is the clincher wwe doesn't have employees they have independent contractors so they don't have to sort your tax out so they don't have to sort your tax out and they don't have to pay you if you're injured and or if you're sick, your sickness, yeah, yeah or sickness, or if you can't make a show, they don't have to pay. You have to pay for your own flights, your own hotels, but yet you cannot have a Twitch or or anything like that. Yeah, because it's, it's, they own your likeness. That's it's fun. fucking ass backwards, right? And the thing with the girl that they let go, she's apparently it came out that she's earning more money off of her Twitch stream than she does from a WWE contract. I'm not even surprised. I'm honestly not even surprised. Yeah, I mean, to anyone that's listening and they listen regularly, you can tell that I'm way out of my league with a lot of this terminology. Well, that's um, the point. Um, I like it. There's a podcast called Marvelin at Marvel's Marvels, where they have a guy who does not know comics at all. Ah. And each week, uh, you have a narrator and you have a judge. And the narrator basically tells him all these things about a character. And a guy who doesn't know anything about comics gets to say whether he likes it or not, or ah. would check it out or not. This is kind of similar. We're yeah, doing something yeah, that, like that this, with wrestling. Yeah, that was, that was the idea. And, we had for and this. we may do it with wrestling characters as well, right? We might do History of the Undertaker, where you come in without doing any studying, and we tell you the history oh, of the Undertaker, and you tell us if you like him or not, or Gold Dust, or and we show you some See, promos is, oh, and yes. things like that. Right? This is a big problem out. for me because I like to research topics. So it's like if yeah, I you, get, you have to go and complete. You'd have to go and call. Yeah, that's it, right? I mean, I think with someone like Goldust, perhaps we might send you beforehand a few or promos maybe, or something so you can... Well, maybe don't tell me the topic. Just Well, that's what they do on this Marvel in at Marvel's Marvel. Right. Shout out to those guys. Um, that's what they do. They do not tell the person what they're coming into. This is what I'm saying. So I turn up for a podcast. You guys say, oh, it's going to be wrestling. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out because this, yeah. is, this is a little different to what we normally do. Yes, this is very different from what I would normally talk about. So we did choose four matches and I'm going to let Scott lead because I know Tian is actually itching to talk about it. Well, Ben, you know, like we said, we discussed and we were like going to give you four matches. So this one mm. had to be a, a must. Anybody, it doesn't matter even if you don't like wrestling, everybody should have seen or should see The Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring, 1998. Mm. Because it is probably... It's got one of the most famous spots, well, two of the most famous spots in wrestling history. Back to back. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I did, after what, when I was re-watching it on Monday, I 
forgot how quickly those two bits come around. Okay. Just for people like myself, what the fuck is a spot? Okay, so a spot is like a pl- well, the first one actually the first one was planned, the second one wasn't. Is it like a critical impact? Yeah, there's like yeah, so there's certain like, uh, when 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 wrestling when the wrestlers are planning out their matches, there's mm. certain spots that'll be like yeah, ten minutes in, we're gonna do this, or after I do this move, you're gonna do this, and it's gonna get. We'll see if it gets a big pop from oh, the crowd. So a pop, okay, right. a pop is when the crowd go nuts. Okay, so when the crowd cheer and okay, like, I think I know which ones you're on about then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the big one, most infamous, well, not most infamous, but like most known, it gets played in pretty much every single package oh, that WWE put out is when Undertaker literally, literally throws, throws him, him off, throws him off the, the top. page. Yeah. Now, the commentators' responses. Are genuine. They did not know that was happening. Well, yeah, because I mean, they had fucking medical staff rushing in. Like, it's because he landed a bit wrong. <laughs> the other thing with a spot as well is spots often go wrong. Yeah. And no matter no amount of planning that the Undertaker and Mankind go to each other backstage, I'm gonna get to the top. You're gonna throw me off, and I'm gonna aim for the table and go through it. No matter how many times they tell each other that. You're still fucking yourself up when you do it. If you listen to any interview Mick Foley's done since, and actually Undertaker did his documentary for WWE this year as well, and he talks about it, is he just put a little bit too much force in. So Mick Foley just went a little bit... Too far. Too far, which is why you see him kind of hit the edge of the table and it imploded instead of hitting dead centre, which is where he was supposed to hit, because even though it's literally wood and then a bit of padding then a floor mm. that would have cushioned his blow a lot more than hitting the side of it and going straight down because you look yeah. at him he sprawled out his legs under the rails he's- I mean I, I'm not I'm not going to lie when I fucking saw it the first time I was like oh he's fucking dead <laughs> he's dead did you, then, kind, did you kind of jump did you, go, did you go what the fuck well no I was like I was like oh that happened he's literally just killed someone and then I was like oh no as wait as God is my witness he has broken in half <laughs> and then I was like oh no it's wrestling so he's probably fine and then the medical team rush in. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's actually dead. Yeah. This isn't wrestling anymore. And then he gets up. And I'm like, well, f- what the fuck is going on? The, 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 my head's exploding A bit right of backstory now. on Mick Foley is the guy's a hardcore... He's literally called the hardcore legend. WWE, and not because he does porn. No. WWE was his third was his third promotion. He'd already been in the other, two, the other big two. He'd been in WCW for mm. a little while under um, Dude Love. Like Cactus was he Jack. Cactus Jack Cactus then? Jack or was he Dude Love in ECW? No, Dude Love was just, just WWE. Was he really? It was Cactus Jack in both ECW and WCW. So oh, when they brought him in I to the WWE, they didn't want to use Cactus Jack, and that's why he was Mankind. Oh, and then I they brought Cactus Jack from, back. I thought Dude Love was one of the other promotions. No, Dude Love was when he was a kid making them videos, jumping oh, off his roof and okay. stuff like that. Would you need to mention that as well about his legend? Oh, yeah, 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 hardcore back wrestling and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you know, he's notorious. ECW, his shit with um, with Terry Funk. Mm. Like, barbed wire. Instead of ropes, they use barbed wire instead. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a like similar that. thing like that. And yeah. then in Japan, he was involved in all the exploding ring matches where the ring will blow up with you in it. Like, the ring blows up. They've put, like, fireworks and dynamite and stuff Which in the ring. Which promotion was that with? Um, it might have been FMW, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Right. It might have been. But there were so many, like, Zero One and yeah. Big Japan and all these other... Companies yeah, Mick, Mick's, Mick's notorious for he's broken pretty much every bone in his body at least once. Yeah, you know, I'm not there's surprised. like there's like shit that he's done where was it him and Terry Funk were in a dumpster and the and the New Age Outlaws literally just threw them in a dumpster off of the uh, off the stage off the like, the stage that they come down they literally just rolled them straight off no protection just threw them off. 
The weird thing about the dumpster is they didn't think it until afterwards. I heard Mick say this in an interview that they they had they put handles to hold on to in the dumpster. So when it would go off, they would just hold on, mm. and that didn't really help very much because no, because it just went down. Yeah, yeah and no and when, surprise. When they hit the ground, I think one of them rolls out actually once it's Probably landed. Terry Funk, yeah. I think they both went looked at each other and went, "What happens if we came out and it landed on us? They'd be dead." Yeah, they could have happened. They could a limb could have gone underneath. Oh it. yeah, so, you know anything like that could have happened. I'm gonna bring up Beyond the Mat. Oh yeah, Watch because because I need because we that's need great. to clarify. That's, that's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. There's a movie called Beyond the Mat. It's a documentary behind the scenes. Okay. And there's a scene in it where Mick gets hit over the head. I think about thirty times by with a steel chair by the rock. Oh that. And his family are in his the audience hands, watching. His hands are tied behind his back. So there's no. It's not a protected chair shot. It's a full straight steel like well. They're not, they're not really steel. They're uh, foldable chairs. Yeah, fold, yeah. foldable chairs. They're th- it's thin metal, but that thing impacting with your head thirty times. I mean, if, if even if it's aluminium, that's gonna fucking hurt. Yeah, and it's thirty times. And he's split head. wide open. Oh yeah. And and he watches it back, but he watches his family's reaction to it, and he is horrified. Mm, yeah. His kids are screaming. They think their dad's being murdered, yeah. and they're watching someone, someone they know. Because they, they've met him, they know The Rock, yeah. they're friends with him. Then they, No matter how many times he tells them, that Dad, it's just a boo-boo on my head, don't worry about it, Daddy's fine. They're like... It doesn't change the fact they to kill, they, look, they feel like someone's trying to kill their dad. Mick Foley has done some of the most insane shit as a wrestler mm. you could ever imagine. But this Hell in a Cell match is the, is the cherry on the top of his cake. So the second spot that I'm talking about is the bit where he where he where after he's already been thrown off and he comes back, and he climbs back up and what he must be up there what two minutes, couple of couple of punches stuff like that and then the Undertaker choke slams him. Oh yeah, through. Yeah. So that wasn't meant oh, to happen. The... That wasn't meant to happen. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you could literally see the cage had pulled itself yeah. apart. Yeah, that wasn't meant to happen. So he went straight down. Yeah, well, he got velocity as he fell, yeah. so he now didn't know how so to take a, the impact. There's, a, there's a, a bit where they zoom right in on him, and he's smiling at the camera, and you can see a bit of white in his nose. Mm. That's his tooth. As he hit the floor, his tooth went up and into his nose. Because oh, he hit with such force. And the other thing is, well, the look on Undertaker's face. Oh, yeah. He's trying to hide, because he's, he's the Undertaker. He, he's meant to be like... Spot. He never broke... Undertaker never, ever broke character until this year. Hmm. Like you, any you would never do interviews. He never. If you've seen him out in public, he was always in character as the Undertaker until this year. Like yeah. fucking ninety-one, I think he debuted. Yeah, as Survivor Series ninety-one. Hmm. And you know he that for so what's that? Fucking nearly thirty, thirty years. Yeah. Never broke character until this year. Impressive. The look on his face is like fuck. Straight away, he, the, he couldn't even hide it because he's like. It's why he climbs down. The whole thing about him climbing down yeah. from the top is because he wanted to check on him. There's a bit Terry Funk. You know the guy, the old boy, he chokes him as well while everybody's in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's Terry Funk. Okay. He's like been one of Mick's friends for years. Like, yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. idol as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, yeah, he rushes in to yeah, try so, and check on him. So what he does, what he does is uh, the Undertaker pulls him in and he goes, is he breathing? Let's him go. Terry goes and checks and he goes, yeah. And then he choke slams him out of his shoes, <laughs> just to keep, just to keep, got, it, just to keep, keep, keep it going. Because yeah. the weird thing is with pro wrestling is, even when bad shit happens, they try and keep the show going. It's oh, fucking, yeah. it's it's one of the bizarrest things ever. Broken limbs, dislocated shoulders, and they'll try and get the match finished. 
It's only if they really can't compete. Some have died, and the show continues. Oh, well, Owen Hart's death, eh? Um, in 99, Over the Edge, he, he died worst. halfway through the pay-per-view, and they took him out. They look at, they sorted him out, took him out, and they just finished the show. And then when they when they aired it, they just edited 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 that section out because it was at the start of the match. They just went, oh, take that bit out. Yeah. But if you were one, if you were watching it live, you saw you, the whole. You wouldn't have thing. seen him fall because they'd all because they weren't because they were in a backstage interview when it happened. Yeah. Um, he was coming out of the ring as the Blue Blazer. Right. And it's almost like he literally stepped off, and the thing just fucking broke as soon as he fell. He didn't get far. You watched the Dark Side of the Ring documentary on the deep dive on that. And it explains like he just wasn't. He knew something. Well, he wasn't comfortable with it, but he was a professional, so he just he just got on with it. And the levels it, of yeah. negligence involved in that were fucking insane. Hmm. I mean, this is a guy. He was strapped up to um, a new thing he'd never used before. They'd never used it. It was yeah, it was a different. Quick what he was pull, he'd done, quick he'd release. Done, he'd done that before, like yeah. the dropping from the rafters, but not a quick but, release. But not system. with that that system, and he wasn't comfortable with it. But they didn't have anything else. They they hired a cheaper company to do the rigging, so they could save money. And, and, and the rigging the they were using, the harnesses they were using at that point had already been banned in Europe. Yeah. So the rest of the world went, these are unsafe and we're not using them. But the United States hadn't banned them yet. And this company were like, we can do what the stunt you want to do for half the fucking price. So you get what you pay for and a guy fucking dies. It's just... Well, I want to ask a question, actually. Yeah, go on. What did you think of the two characters? Because you'd never seen... Well, you may have seen The Undertaker before, I know about The Undertaker. But like from the entrances, from the music... Yeah. Let's, start, let's start with Mankind. Okay. What when he came out? What did you think of this guy in a shirt and brown trousers and a mask? The leather mask. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw his character, I was like, "This is a joke, right? This isn't actually a wrestling character." Because, like, when you think of wrestling characters, you think Undertaker. He's like edgy, black face paint, long hair, shit like that, right? Like they've all got this character caricature of being tough as nails and having these edgy clothes and whatever. And I saw Mankind come out and I was like, this is him? This is the guy that's taking on The Undertaker? It doesn't fit the bill when you think of a wrestler, does it? No, no. Um, and then obviously he had his walk through. He was, you know, he had his swagger going and whatever. He was dancing. Well, he wasn't dancing, but he was fucking moving to the music, making his way in. And all I could think of was, this guy's going to get murdered. He's going to get killed by The Undertaker. And sure enough, most of the way through, he almost actually dies to the Undertaker. That's, so that's kind of just how he was built at that time. You've also got Undertaker, and everyone fucking knows Undertaker. You had his music intro where he's fucking stone faced. He's coming up. He's then just fucking walks slowly down. It's like, okay, yeah, this is Undertaker. I'm pretty hype about it. Everyone loves Undertaker, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there are wrestlers that have gone on record that like they're wrestlers. They know the they know what's up. They know they know it's predetermined. Who say you get chills when you've got to face the Undertaker, and he comes out, and you look at him, and you're like, "This guy's gonna fuck me up." They know it's predetermined. They know he's not actually gonna fuck you up, but they still get these chills of seeing him come out with his presentation and his dark lights and the music and yeah. and the fucking gothic clothing and the leather and the black, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the fucking Undertaker." <laughs> they, you know, they shit themselves from him. Yeah, he's literally a god in the wrestling world. Like one of the most respected wrestlers in the business. Yeah, you can't you can't think of many people in wrestling that are bigger than Undertaker. Yeah, and they're a fucking double hard tough cunt as well, by all accounts. No one would fuck with him 
backstage. He was one of these people that people knew not to mess with because he he would legitimately fuck you up if there was a problem. He was the judge in Russell Court. He would make the decision. So it would mean like some guys being a dick and he would get banned from the dressing room for a certain amount of time. So he wouldn't be allowed to change with the guys. He'd have to go change somewhere else and stuff like that. All right. And yeah. he would, Undertaker was the man who had the say. And often with Russell Court, I will mention it, it sounds more serious. It was a laugh. It was a laugh as well. Like, yeah, you know, it was a bit of fun. Sometimes, sometimes they bring someone to Wrestle Court for farting or something, you know, and it would just be stupid farting shit. Farting like. inappropriately. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, I don't think. Stuff like that's gone. It's No, it's more just like a complete discussion. I think there's still, there's still, people still get fucking banned from the locker room if they're dicks. Yeah. But it's more of a corporate thing now than uh, the wrestlers looking after themselves and stuff. But then you get like Mick, like later on in the match here, when the Mick finally gets gets up and gets some offense in, he brings, oh, yeah. he brings the thumbtacks in. Oh, fuck me. I, I, that hurt to watch. Because the thing is, like, I thought to myself, okay, thumbtacks, they're not going to go very deep. Sure, it'll hurt, but it's it's not going to be, like, dangerous. Yeah. But then I saw how his fucking head would fly back as he hit the ground, and I was like, yo, that is thumbtacks going to your skull. That's, uh, that is a problem. Yeah. And not only that, but this motherfucker's smiling as he lands on it. He's like doing a little spasm and you're thinking, is he actually still alive or is this just muscle memory now? Yeah, but a big part of his character was being insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let Scott talk about the three faces of Foley to explain why he's insane. Like what, uh, yeah. what the character was. Okay, so you, got, you had Dude Love. Okay. Which he, he which was a, it wasn't really a character he used that often. In the only early, for early... Austin, right? It was only for that Yeah, right. few, so he, yeah. Was, he was hipster. Oh, okay. He right. had pretty much the same moveset every every single time. I think. Oh wait, his finishes were slightly different. I think he used the DDT more. DDT is cactus. Yeah. I can't remember what he uses, dude. Love. I think he used but... the mandible claw as well. Oh. I think. But yeah. So you know, dude, love. He didn't really see it that much. But yeah, he was pretty much a hipster. Completely different U-turn on the character. The cactus tie dye on. Yeah. Oh yeah, proper uh, tie dye hippie sort of clothes. Dancing okay. like fucking to like some sort of Bee Gees music. Yeah. Dude, love. Yeah, we got yeah. that dude, love. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. And then you had pro- you had Cactus Jack, which was his hardcore persona. Yeah. Yeah. He used to come out, he used to come out with a wanted post with a wanted post with his face on it. Dead. Wanted dead. And literally, he would just. Yeah, and that was the one they would, when he would come out as that. So the weird thing is they'd have different reactions depending on who he was. Yeah. If you thought him as Dude Love, you knew he would be sneaky, and he's going to try and fucking cheat, and he's going to. So they knew that when he was Cactus Jack, they would shit themselves from. Even people like the Undertaker would be like, "Oh fuck, yep, Cactus Jack's out here." He used to come in with a like if it was a hardcore match. He used to come in with a sh- with a shopping trolley of toys, which would be like bins, fucking bats, barbed wire, fucking the the trolley itself would get used. Oh, shit. You know, he would literally just use every weapon that they could. And that was literally what he was. Hot, hot, and then... Hot fucking damn. Mankind was the broken persona. Mm. You know, it's... You know, he started off... Wearing, he started off wearing, like, black brown rags. And that was, like, how it was... And then, eventually, he, like... Upgraded like upgrade to almost, like, a really shit suit. Mm. Yeah. Yikes. And then, just then once it, once he retired, he just became his actual name, Mick Foley. Yeah. And then he would fight as Mick Foley. But like it was that that Royal Rumble. I can't remember which Royal Rumble it was. He literally he took up three of the spots. He would get he would literally go in, have a bit of like last about maybe five minutes, get eliminated, and then literally about four or five numbers down the line, another one of his personas would come out. Oh, and we were like, you literally taken up three spots here. Yeah, that was the one where they all thought Vader. Well, they hyped up Vader to win, and then Austin was the last entrant. I think Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin. Vader was a wasted. Part of WWE because he was so good yeah. for his size. Yeah, yeah the man yeah. like was big, like built like 
quite a chunky chap mm. and he was doing fucking moonsaults and stuff like that he literally would go on the top rope and literally do a fucking salt like backflip over do a flip just yeah like and then the thing as well not only was he a big chunky fucker he was like six foot five as well <laughs> he's oh, yeah. a giant he's just six foot five of pure, pure power yeah. yeah and fast for his size yeah if, he, if this fucker ran into you and hit you you'd know about oh, it you'd feel it oh yeah much like the Undertaker he's another one when, when you see the Undertaker do a clothesline or a kick or something you you know you're going to get a shock from that. We used to get some height as well when he used to do the the, the top rope dives and stuff yeah, like that. He yeah. gets a fucking height on him. Which I think mm. he does a bit of that in the in this Hell in the Cell. I think he does the old school, right? He does old school, but he, he, can't, do, he, can't, yeah. really, he can't really do the jump over the top rope no. with, the, uh, with the cell on the way. But. No, no. I mean, there's an iconic scene, actually. The, I think he's fighting Kane in an Inferno match, and he does the dive over the top and rope. burst all the flames. The Inferno match was like a novelty match between him and Kane. Okay. So it was basically the first one to get sat on fire, losers. <laughs> okay. So literally all around the out, 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 all, all along the outline of the ring, they were literally just pyro. And every time, every time an impact would hit the hit the ring, the flames would the shoot flame up. Would shoot and up. the idea was to set your opponent on fire. What the fuck? And man. Uh, there's just this scene where Kane's on the outside, Taker does like a, a dive over the top rope, and just as he does it, the flames come up as he dives through them. It looks fucking cool. I'm so confused. Why is it that people go on and on and on about video games making kids violent, but then fucking wrestling literally well, no, has people being on fire? TNT and... and I could do a whole episode talking about how many times pro wrestling has been attacked for that exact thing. Oh, okay. Because All you're right. a bit younger, you don't know how much shit pro wrestling had to go through, especially in the 90s when it came to... Because it sounds a lot like wrestling's been toned down now. Yes. Yes. Right? Well, WWE went for an, a phase called the PG era. Which was when Linda, oh. when, when Linda McMahon got into politics, yeah. uh, Vince McMahon's wife, she basically signed an agreement that they would let her do become a politician if, if WWE toned down the violence. Okay, yeah. cool. So they pretty much just got rid of fucking everything, and that's when their ratings started to it drop. Make, it makes sense, because I remember being a kid, I wasn't into it, because my parents wouldn't let me watch WWE. Because, okay, there is a story to an extent... Um, did, you, did you use it, it on your siblings? No, 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 no. It wasn't WWE. For his sister out window. There's glass involved and my sister. Um, Rock bottomed her for, <laughs> for a glass table. No, no, no. <laughs> so we used to watch like shows way back, like Dragon Ball Z. I remember watching some of the older episodes. Um, and like Naruto, some of the older episodes. Um, shit like that, like Power Rangers and some of the WWE stuff as a kid. And we loved it. But me and my sister, because it was only a year apart between us, we'd both watch it together. Yeah. And we'd fucking try and replicate this stupid shit. As, right? you, do, as you do as your children. As you always right? do. Yeah. So I was about, I think I was five and she was four. So we're fucking doing the whole Power Rangers poses and we're like throwing arms at each other and pretending as though we're fighting bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I must have hit her and she'd fallen. And. Have you ever had one of those fireplaces that has the like cast iron grate over it that opens and shuts? No. And it has glass in the center. Yeah, I know what you're on about. Right? Yeah, one they, they I mean, use... like a log burner. Yeah, like a kind log of, burner. Kind of, yeah, yeah, pretty burner. much like a log burner, right? Right. Uh, I remember she tripped and landed head first into the glass. That's, and that's it's, just an accident. It smashed, it smashed the glass. She was luckily unhurt. But fuck me, she could have been seriously yeah. hurt. Um and I remember I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch any of that shit anymore. It's why I had to watch Pokemon when I was growing up because 
apparently humans beating the shit out of each other is bad, but animals, animals beating it, yeah. the fuck out of each other is fine. Yeah. So Pokemon was my go-to, and... It explains a lot about you, Tian. You were deprived from I was. this entertainment that other yeah, kids. It's probably well, you were deprived of the human violence. Yeah, it's probably, probably why my testosterone's down. You know, yeah, it's probably why you yeah. cross-dress on weekends. Not childhood violence. Yeah, it's probably why I'm simping for fucking feet pics. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How about Mick Foley feet pics? How do you feel? No, about those? Yeah. no, I'm good. How about his daughter's feet pics? I'm also very much. Good. <laughs> I don't want that. Um. But yeah, that that's the reason why I wasn't allowed to watch it. And then by the time it got to a point where people were like, "Oh, you should start watching it," and my dad wouldn't have ma- wouldn't have cared. I was like, "Well, I don't fucking care about this now," you know. By the time he stopped caring, you would have gone into the middle of the Cena PG era. Right, I would have been no thirteen. One, no one wanted to watch that. I think I was thirteen when my dad was like, "Yeah, you can watch stuff." But yeah, fucking, I remember going to school when I was like literally starting school, so I must have been six or seven. Obviously, you'd have all these card games back then. Like, I had Pokemon, and there was Yu-Gi-Oh! And Digimon. Digimon, yeah. And then you had fucking WWE as well. The WWE cards. And fucking people would, like, put them everywhere, and, like, they'd trade them. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) But then again, I was looking at imaginary fucking animals, so I can't really... I can't really comment when when I look in hindsight. Yeah. At least these guys are actual people and they worked hard to get where to, to where they are. Incredibly hard. The weird thing that people don't realise about wrestlers is like most of them, especially that era, are dead. Um, or crippled, or an alcoholic, or addicted to painkillers. Or brain dead. And then you get a few of them that make it out alright. Somehow Mick managed. Yeah, but I think it's because of his family, right? I mean... Yeah. And even though I think he's gone on record to say he doesn't remember so well and he's got some issues and his back's fucked, right? I don't think he remembers quite a lot of the Hell in the Cell match. No. Probably, probably definitely, if he didn't have a concussion from the first four, he definitely had one from the second. Yeah, because that's not something you could even brace for. Like, uh, no. I might have forgotten, did he put Taker in the claw, in the Madable Claw at one point? He tries to. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't win. Uh, no, 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 he tries no. to, to finish out. He tries to... So, Mick, oh. Fo- Mick Foley's finisher literally is he gets his hand and he rams it down your throat. Or he puts it in your mouth. But what he used to do later on, I think it was just after that, he used to do what he called Mr. Socko, which was a fucking used sock he used to pull out of his trout, uh, out of his tights, oh, put it on his fuck? hand, and then he used to shove that in the mouth. And that was his finisher, was the mandible claw. And that was when, okay. when the minute he introduced that Socko stuff, that was when his hardcore days were almost over, right? He, yeah, but that's, his popularity was at its all-time high. Like he'd never been so popular because it was just fucking hilarious. He was his comedy, comedic timing when it, in his promos like, were fucking fantastic. Mm, mm. I mean, I don't know when you watched. Did you get? Any, did it have any build-up stuff before it? No, it was, the no. The one I put up was just the match. no. But see, I didn't watch the one that you put up. I oh, watched. Um, I watched three separate videos on the same thing. I watched the highlight reel. Where it showed, like you said, the spots, and then it rewatched in slow motion exactly what happens, yeah. um, and then different angles from obviously backstage, not live. And then I watched one which was commentators' um, overview of the match, where essentially they were like, Jail "What the fuck is going on? Yeah, we actually think this guy is dying. Mm-hmm. We need to sort something out." And then I watched the. It wasn't like the pre-build-up. 
it was literally as the music was rocking and they were they making play their a way little in. video yeah yes they, they would often do like a little two minute video of yes. a promo package promo pa- yeah promo package no we didn't oh. even have that it was oh. literally just the opening scene of them making their way to the cave oh, the entrances right. yeah okay that was that's all they had okay, on that yeah. one no because i wondered if the, if you did see any of the build up to no, it no not really i don't, so, I don't I, that's the thing obviously i, I got a bit that. from commentators but not much yeah because most of the time the commentators were trying to keep the story up and going, oh my fucking god, this is not okay. Their rivalry was always a bit of a weird one. It was just who, like, who was the darker character in a way. No. At first, that's all it was, right? Who was we- who was weirder? Who was more edgy? Man, the original version of Mankind or the Undertaker? And they'd have like boiler room brawls and they'd have all this mad shit. And then he steals the Undertaker's hand. And he still was his manager. Paul, well, Paul, yeah, Paul <laughs> yeah, Barrett became his manager right, for a little while. And they do all this weird shit, coffin matches, throwing each other in coffins and stuff. They do a lot of strange things. Mankind was a character that constantly evolved. And while the other thing, it did evolve a lot as well. The main principles of the character stayed the same. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, apart from when he became the American Badass at yeah. one point. but oh. Yeah, he used to come down in a Harley and uh, in a fucking leather jacket. Because the, the real life guy, Mark Calloway, is just a biker. Yeah. The mm. Undertaker. That's who he is. But he was so private um, until recent years. Oh, he people knew. didn't even know his name, his real name, for years. Yeah. Mm. It's only when his wife started throwing pictures of him on Instagram and shit that, that he suddenly went. Mm, well, that's probably why he did I so know. well because no one could ever dig up anything on him. Well, they usually a lot of the guys in the ring they used to literally try their best at live shows anyway. They used to try their best to make him break because he was so stone-faced he would never break character. Mm. And they would always try and get him to make, break character in the ring at live shows like, just to get him to laugh. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's iconic. So you know? I, I want to ask you, what, what, what was your favourite moment in it? <sighs> oh, fuck. Uh, that's tough. I would say my favourite moment is watching the undertaker rise as the cage is going up he's just thrown the guy onto the floor the medical team are trying to assist and you just see undertaker like oh he's actually hurt but i can't break character as he just rises from this cage and as the cage gets pulled up and he's not reacting he's like fucking he's the undertaker man he's just gonna stand there and fucking be menacing well if any character was to if, if someone was to ever die in a match Dying against the Undertaker doesn't hurt his character. <laughs> no, he gains he gains fucking street cred from it. But that's my point. Like just seeing Undertaker throw someone off the cage and then go up on the cage because they thought the match was over. Fucking that was pretty powerful because it just showed that this was a pivotal moment. The Undertaker literally just threw a guy off a cage. And something's gone wrong. It's been replicated since by other people, but never to never to the same sort of shock extent. The first no. time, the first time is always going to be the most impactful. Well, that's it because it's all raw, right? Yeah. Like it becomes artificial if you try and recreate it. And the strange thing is, this is the second Hell in a Cell match that was ever in history. Sure, Michael was. So it wasn't even one. the first Hell in a Cell match, but they went into it knowing go, going. Sure, Michaels. The thing about Sure Michaels, he's one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. The match him and the Undertaker had was very, very good. Mick and Taker were not going to be able to have the same type of match mm. in the cage. So they had to have a different match. 
on the cage. On the literally cage. on the cage, yeah. They weren't fighting in the cage. No, no. Well, Mick, Mick was the first one in, wasn't he? So he literally just went there, went straight up. Yeah. yeah. He didn't give a fuck. And uh, Sean went off the cage, but not in the same way. He was hanging off it. Yeah, and, he hung off it. And fell. Did he fall for a table? He went through the announce yeah, table, but he must have table. fallen probably 10 feet less. Yeah. Because yeah. he was hanging onto the edge of it yeah. right. as he went off. And yeah. he was bloody to hell in that match, Sean, as well. And that's another very, very good that match. That was Kane's debut, wasn't Kane's it? Kane's debut, match? yeah. yeah. Mm. But it was very hard. It was very hard for Mankind and Undertaker to come out and go, we need and need to top the original match. They had to do better then so that people remember them. Remember and them. now this is the most remembered Hell in a Cell match in history. Mm. No, no other match. Even ones with Mick and Triple H, where Triple H puts him through the cage while that was a staged one and a great match doesn't get doesn't get the same doesn't get the same height no. No. so it's so much now that Hell in a Cell happens every year because back then it used to be a novelty you might get you probably you sometimes get one every two years or mm. one a year maybe and they yeah. had to be a novelty to do with it yeah. and then it got such an impact that they just went oh we'll make a pay-per-view and then you get fucking two or three a year and I painted it red. Oh and god! It's fucking horrendous. Oversaturated, mate. Yeah, the cage is now red. That's and it looks horrible. I don't know what. They, I don't know how they thought that was a good idea. To make it more hell-like, right? Is that the yeah. idea? Well, just fucking wrap some fucking shit around it. Like so just put, leave it as it is. No one wanted. Well, no one wanted a red. They obviously cup. had to use stronger material. After mix thing, because obviously. Oh the yeah, well, because of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is yeah, But it's only been red like what two, Probably two, is, three yeah. years. And then maybe about four years ago, they changed the height of it. Oh, really? So they made it taller, and then you no longer saw people getting thrown off the top of it. Until Shane tried it at WrestleMania. Shane tried now. Shane McMahon, Vince's son, was fighting The Undertaker. Mm. Now, by this point, Undertaker he's, he is, should have retired before then, really. He's kind of past it. But yeah, he's lying on the table, on the announcer's table. Shane's on the top. It does an elbow drop off of it. And literally, as soon as as soon as Shane leaves the uh, the the edge of the cell, Taker gets off, and Shane just goes straight through it. That looked actually worse. He than kind of Mick. fucking deserved it then, because mm. he that was yeah, self inflicted. The thing the thing with Shane is, if you look at if you look at Shane's greatest hits, like in his wrestling it's career, him throwing himself. He off literally dumpster. just was ridiculous daredevil. He would throw himself off anything. Um, and another thing with this as well. So, out of the two, Mankind and Undertaker, who did you like the most? That's tough, right? Because my immediate gut response is going to go Undertaker. But I realize when Undertaker fights, there's no, like, personality. It's just he's cold and he's ruthless. Brawler. Yeah. Essentially, he'll keep going until it's done. Whereas with Mankind, he's got all this shit he's been thrown through. Yet he's still fucking standing and you kind of root for him. No one, no one listening to this would be angry at you for choosing Mankind over the Undertaker, or vice versa. Yeah, these we're talking two Hall legends. of Fame legends that are beloved by pretty much every wrestling fan. Right, and would go on anyone's top ten list. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say Mankind purely because of how fucking resilient he is. Everything that went wrong, and he's still fucking putting that show on. Undertaker, rea- realistically, nothing went wrong for Undertaker. Okay. Fucking, he wasn't expecting him to go through a cage, but he's not the one that's getting fucked up for it, right? But the worst thing is, if it was Undertaker who went through the cage, he'd be he'd be expected to sit upright, sit there for a couple oh, of seconds, and true, just yeah. sit up. Yeah, he'd, just he'd be expected back. to not sell it at all. And um, again, wrestling term selling means that you show that you're injured. Yeah, so you sell that you're injured. You sell the audience on the injury. We'll go around the table. It's a five star rating. 
Oh, okay. All right, okay. Five star. So we'll start, on we'll it. start with Scott. This match, because I know you're going to be thinking of all the Japanese shit you love. Nah. What would you rate it out of five? For the time, for the time and what it was, being the attitude area, I gotta give it a four out of five. Yeah, I'm the same. Because as you know, as a technical match, there was no technical, no technical wrestling in it at all. Because back then, that's not what the, that's not what the guys were about. No. Yeah. Back then, it was it was the story that it told, and it told a fucking story, and then yeah. some. Yeah. And I'd give that. Yeah, I give that a nice four out of five. No, I mean I'm exactly the same. Four out of five. Uh, it's a five star spectacle and a two star match. You yeah. know, it, the match wise, it's not. There's not much going on in terms yeah. of like making you go. This is good. They're good at what they're doing in terms of skill. Uh, they're good at what they're doing in terms of telling a story and fucking selling that shit. You're not there for mm. the wrestling. You're there for the story. Yeah, you're there for the spectacle. Mm. And the spectacle is maybe even more than five. The spectacle. It's probably the biggest spectacle we've ever seen in Western wrestling, especially back then. Yeah. Nothing's, yeah. nothing's really. Nothing really comes to mind that's topped that. No. no. Maybe, no, no, maybe it, the first like maybe the first one or two elimination chambers. Maybe, but no, not even. Nah. But you know, you wouldn't hold them up in that regard. It's not going to get in the highlight. Really. No, it's not. Mick You're does right. every time. There's one spot. There's one spot in the highlight that, that I would put in that from from an elimination chamber. And that's where uh, Goldberg spears Jericho through the pod. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When Triple H gets his throat actually legitimately crushed by yeah. Rob Van Dam, it's yeah. pretty <laughs> that too. pretty bad. But that was an accident. So Tian out five. Mm. What would you rate the match you watched? Okay, uh, you and gotta say rate the match. I will clarify because Meltzer's rating's a little bit different. He literally, once the bell rings, that's when his match rating starts. Yeah, but I mean, I rate matches from the entrance, the build-up, the spec. Like everything has to come involved in the story. It's all part of the rating as well as what happens in the match itself. Yeah. So from the entrances to the ending, mm. where would you rate it? See, the thing is, I've only watched four matches, right? So realistically. I'm going to compare the other matches to this match and go, yeah, this was the fucking best one. So as a spectacle, it was fucking easily the most involved I got. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point that I'm willing to talk about pretty much any detail of the match about it. And to the point that I've forgotten pretty much everything else from the other matches, right? Because it stands out. Because but... it just stands out so high. But that's a little bit like this, this pay-per-view. People can't tell you what happened on the rest of the pay-per-view off the top of their head. I couldn't tell you even who won King of the Rain. No, I couldn't tell. Um, no, I think I know. Um, Ninety-eight was Ken Shamrock. Mm. Right, that's, that's who that was. Let's find out. But only because I kind of remember King of the Ring winners, and I think it was Ken Shamrock. Yeah, yeah, Ken Shamrock beat The Rock. Yeah. Especially when I saw like the more Japanese kind of styled wrestling matches, I thought to myself, "This is more technical than it is spectacle." You know, oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's all though. about doing the moves correctly and making sure it's that how good they are at doing it. Yeah, right. It's a sporting competition in Japan. Where, yeah, it's a sport. If you look at you look at these countries, right? There was an old meme that used to go around, and it was like uh, in Mexico it's a tradition, in Japan it's a sport, in the, in America it's a joke. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what well, they would is, say about it. It's the exact same way that I, I see like sumo wrestling. Like in Japan and China, sumo wrestling is fucking serious as fuck. You know, you've got gang, you've got gangs that will pay out shit tons of money to see sumo wrestlers fuck each other up. Tickets at sumo wrestling are ridiculously expensive, and they sell out like like that. Right? Did you try and go when you were there, Scott? I uh, wasn't in season. It wasn't in season. Yeah. Whereas, if you were to I met, look, I met to. Yeah. Yeah, the restaurant that we went to with some friends of mine over there is actually owned by was owned by a current champion at the time. Yeah. Met him, had a photo taken with him. Sounds fuck. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. 
Well, that's my point. And then when you look, as well. when yeah. you look at like American a- the adaptations of sumo wrestling, it's just fucking. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> the wrestler oh, who, who was actually Samoan. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> no, true. But it's like fucking. It's not the same, right? But then when you look at wrestling, like this big spectacle, especially growing up in a Western culture of first world country, you know, seeing all the cards and all the kids' costumes and. It's it, it they sell it all on the spectacle. Yeah, right? it's bright and it's big, and everyone can everyone knows the Undertaker. Everyone knows WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Hulk Hogan. But all of those three things, Undertaker included, are very high on the spectacle side of things. Yeah, as good as the Undertaker is in the ring, and he is very good in the ring, which you haven't got to see yet, but we'll we'll get to that at some point. You you have the spectacle coming first, and that was always what Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWE slash WWF wanted when he took his dad used to do it very much a traditional sports-based presentation the minute his dad sold the company to his son he changed it bright lights music big characters roided up motherfucking dudes like stripped the territories of all their top talent yeah Yeah. and then he surrounded it around one person the company was surrounded around hulk hogan and you had this unbeatable bastion of americana hulk hogan the champion of america Mm. and and every year someone new would win loads of matches and then they would have to face Hulk Hogan and lose. Mm. Yeah. Mainly because Hulk wouldn't put him over. Well, I, I think at first it wasn't his choice when he beat Andre, when he beat Sheik, when he, that's how the booking was. Oh shit, but, Andre the Giant. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, but when he, when he actually beat Andre and he did the slam at WrestleMania 3, the, Andre literally, Andre would do what was best for business because that's the sort yeah. of man he was. And Hogan really fucking... If they'd said lose to Andre, he would have done it. Yeah. Because he respected the shit out of him. Exactly. A bit like when he lost to Warrior. He didn't respect Warrior, but he saw how hot Warrior was. Yeah. That he had to do you it. You see that eh, straight away. As soon as he loses, he's up. As soon as the, as soon as the, as soon as the ref's hand hits three, he is literally up like no selling it. Because, really, I loved on it. When I was growing up, I loved Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. He was one of my favourites, but if you look at him, he was, he was a shit, shit wrestler. So I, it, the weird thing is with like shit wrestlers people say Hogan's a shit wrestler you ever see him in Japan oh he's cracking Hogan was fucking good yeah but he was literally just a couple of moves in because that's all he ever had to do get me down do the pump up you yeah and then I'm gonna fuck you up win punch 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 big leg big boot big leg yeah because a lot of people say about Hogan no selling but normally the start of his matches was Hogan selling yeah. The villain would get the better of him, and he would always come rise to the chance. Come the crowd, back the crowd would get behind him. He'd get fueled by it, get pumped up, and then he would beat them. But all this stuff, all we're talking Hogan, the stuff like these are really like anyone could tell you what Hogan match is like. Anyone could show you Hulk Hogan's pose. You know, like people know his yeah. pose. People know it. But when it comes to traditional wrestling or more more um, non entertainment based wrestling, and entertainment's not the right word to use. It's the word WWE use. All wrestling is entertainment, but the way the WWE use it is no, we're entertainment, they're wrestling. Mm. So less entertainment based wrestling, more traditional based wrestling is very, very different to the match that we this just, is we just spoke yeah. about. I'm just gonna say a couple of things that I did pick up on from a like a first impression, right? Because I only watched the other ones once. The exception, obviously, was the one that we've just discussed with Undertaker and Mankind, where I had to watch three separate perspectives of it. Because it was so fucking engaging. But from the more technical, like you said, wrestling side of wrestling um, in, you know, the foreign 
New Japan. Leagues. Oh, yes, okay. New Japan. Yeah. Uh, from like my first impressions, like the dyma- the dynamics so different, right? In what the Westerners would call wrestling, you've got um you've got like slow pace, you've got stare downs, you've got standoffs, you've got reactions, usually. Like they try and feed you the reactions of the They each want to pump the crowd up as much as possible. It, they make it seem more like an action film than they make it seem like an actual match of skill, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at the New Japan kind of thing, you've got speed, you've got dynamics, you've got a lot of movement, a lot of skill, grapples, things like that, right? You've got fast kicks, you've got a lot more power behind all of the movements, and it's less focused on the whole action side of things, and it's more focused on these motherfuckers are fighting, and they're both equally skilled, because... New Japan doesn't do one-sided battles. No, no. Every, both sides get their get their their offense and their, yeah. their offense in every time. They both look good. Yeah, especially exactly. in the, especially in the best in those sort of big matches. So we'll move on to the next match, which is WrestleMania, and it was the seventeen TL- WrestleMania seventeen, and it's the TLC match. Yes, TLC two. TLC two. Yes. The first one was the SummerSlam the year before. Let, let's let's break down how we ended up at TLC. We start with the ladder, the tit, the Terry Invitational Tournament. The TIT. And it was to end in a ladder match between Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. And you would get $100,000, I think, hanging in a, on the top of the ladder. And you would get Terry as your manager. Terry's like this slighty chick. Right? That's right. basically the only way to describe yeah, yeah. Terry Reynolds. Yeah. That's right. Okay. She, like, back in the day, you'd see that she was like, out of all the women they had there, she was like the ultra slutty one. Like, not the hottest one. The ultra slutty one. Oh, You'd right. always see her nipples on display through a fucking t-shirt. She would wear the tightest, shortest oh, gear out of any of them. Sorry, different thing and different Terry. Yeah, I know which one you're on about. Sorry, yeah, different Terry. Yeah, Terry Reynolds, gold dust ex-wife is who she is. Yeah, that seems oh, to be I'm like... Sorry, I'm thinking Tory. No, yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, wrong, you're from, wrong, you're wrong thinking Tory with X-Pac and from, stuff like that. Yeah. From very limited research, I find like... That's a running theme with stories as well. The whole ex and fucking... They do a lot of it. Yeah. yeah like, and then you've got the wife like cheating with someone else and fucking... That happens uh, we in real could, life. We could do, we could do a mean, whole yes. fucking thing on Matt Hardy at some point. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but... So they have this ladder match and no one, no, one, no one had ever done a tag team ladder match yet. So that was the first time they'd done it. You also never had people of the ilk of the Hardys and Edge and Christian in a ladder match before. They're more high flyer build. Yeah. Right. And okay. they blew the roof off, essentially turning both teams face. Yeah. Because there was going to be some scrutiny over whether the Hardys were going to be healed because they were doing the stuff with Michael Co- um, Michael Hayes and then Edge and Christian kind of always always had that. Just left of, for the brood, I suppose. Yeah, so they, they didn't know what they were going to do with them. But they both came out to the ring the next day and got a standing ovation from the crowd for this ladder match they had. Yeah. Which leads us to the TLC match because they need to one-up what they've done before, the first TLC match. So mm. that's now tables, ladders. And chairs. Yeah. The way the way it worked out is the Hardys brought the ladders. Right. Edge and Christian brought the chairs. Yeah. And the Dudleys brought the tables. Because the Dudleys always bring the tables. Of course. Okay. So they did this once and it was a success. But all of them all of them left thinking we can do more mm-hmm. afterwards. Right. Which now leads us to TLC two, where they decided 
to do more and the bigger ladder comes into it with Jeff yeah. 20 footer the fucking giant stupid ass ladder that only, only ladder. Jeff Hardy ever seems to find that ladder. Yeah. No, no one else ever finds it it was a rarity because Wrestlemania is such like a tight script like yeah. everything's got everything's got its own time limit right. you have they get told you've got five minutes to do this match or you've got 15 minutes for this match yeah when they got TLC 2 there was no time limit it was do what you want as long as it ends here, mm. you can do what the f- you can do what the hell you want for as long as you want to go for. Okay. So you see all those spots that they did. It was literally yeah. just a spot fest. But well, because it was all do... it was all like it was all item based, right? With oh a yeah, lot of the spots. It's all weapons, you know? it's all weapons and I get that that's what it's meant to be. It's meant yeah. to be all about ladders. It's meant to be all about the chairs. Yep. Fucking incorporating okay. all three objects into as like, much as you can. Yeah, for example, fucking smacking someone around the back on with the chair, and yep. then just putting the chair on top of the head and fucking stamping on it. Concerto. You know, it's like that. That was okay. It was different. I'll give it that. Right from what I saw with the fucking cage, because. In the cage, yes, they did have the chair at the very start. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, it was more of the excitement came from the mistakes that people thought were real. right? Whereas with this one, it's literally all about, this is actually dangerous gear. If they fuck this up somehow, someone's going to get hurt really bad. And it happens often. Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Because yeah. you can't control certain aspects like that. I mean, they're not Japanese table level, because those things just don't break. But they they can get into some serious trouble in these type of matches, and everyone knew that as well. Yeah. Going into it, the the aura around these matches are someone could get hurt. There was a match between the Hardys and Eminem about and William Regal and was it was it, was was it William Regal was and it, was Dave? It, was, it, um, was, it was it a Tajiri probably? No, David. The, 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 he had another English guy with him. I can't remember. Oh, his name. he was the pirate Birchill. No, not Birchill. He had another one of Dave Taylor. Ah, it's Regal and Taylor, yeah. There was a match there that um, basically the la- a ladder was laid across and there was a ladder on top. And the spot was Jeff would literally jump on the ladder and it would go up and then they would put their hands up to protect and it would look like they hit him in the face or something right, like that. The only yeah. thing is Joey Mercury from Eminem forgot to put his hands up. Oh, yikes. And he literally shattered his nose. Mm. Shattered his nose and his orbital bone and then cut himself from his cheek all the way up to his forehead. Yeah. His face literally swelled up and he literally no nose. And just pissing the blood. Yeah, he was out for a while. Fuck. But yeah, so that's how bad that could go. But that's not that that match, sorry. No, no, no. And I mean, like, I get the excitement, but I think when I watched it, obviously I did the top, yeah, I I did the top spectacle first. And that's... Should have told you not to. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't have known, right? Because you wouldn't have known which order I would have done it in. Well, you're not to know how you're going to react to each one. You might have gone, you might have watched TLC 2 first and then watched Hell in the South. Like, nah, TLC 2 was better. Yeah. It's... Like, it could have gone either way, right? I could have watched fucking the high, um, the New Japan stuff, then watched the fucking high octane spectacle and gone, oh, well, the New Japan stuff's fucking not that great. Because I'd expect that's what wrestling is. I'd be like, it's fast and you can't really see everything. And then you go from, you see everything. Because it's all on display. Mm. So I think with the varied matches that we saw, especially the the ladder matches that we're watching here, um, I went from thinking to myself, someone's dead, to someone actually might die here. There's, there's a lot going on that you can't control 100%. You know, you've got chairs flying in people's heads and 
You got fucking ladder jumps that you can't really control the drop on. Um, it's fucking. It's just. It's more chaotic with that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a big chaos element involved in it, especially when there's six people yes. in the ring as well. Like that's that's the because that's a lot. Of that's people. the element where well, one of them makes actually, a mistake. Technically, it was nine at one. It point. It was nine at one point with uh, Lita, yes. Rhino, and Spike. Spike. Yeah. But that's my point. Like, there's so much going on and so much shit that can go wrong that it is exciting, but it's also like, where the fuck am I supposed to be looking at all times? You it's, know? Yeah, it's it's a very um, yeah. It, it, I mean, I get the excitement. If you're in, if I was there and I saw it live, I'd be fucking hype. Yeah. I'd be I'd be seeing people jumping from those ladders and going, "Whoa, fuck, that's pretty cool." But watching it and not being able to like slow it down or see exactly what happened and things like that, and I think that's solely responsible to the fact that I saw the match that everything was slowed down, mm. almost to a pit stop. Yeah. You had the guy getting thrown off the cage. It stops and everyone's fucking running around, headless, going, what the fuck? So you've picked up on something that a lot of people complain about with spots. That sometimes someone would do a spot and they'll pick someone up and they'll powerbomb them through a table and it ends the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And everyone stops and, oh, we need to check on them and they're all right. Then two weeks later, you'll see people get thrown off a ladder ten times, fall through two tables, get yeah. back up, and it doesn't do anything. So when you watch, when you watch Mick Foley get thrown off the top, and the EMTs come and look at him. There's a very huge like um, level of believability in Yeah. That. When he goes through the cage, again, they come and check on him, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. But when you watch the TLC match, and you watch Jeff fucking throw himself off a ladder, and basically it's... misses it right on that, that uh, jump. No, he gets one of them. He's supposed to get yeah, two, but he only gets two. one of them. <laughs> and, and he, he sort of lands like... tailbone first this is... onto the floor What's when it? he hits Matt, it. Uh, this is Matt and... Uh, Matt and Bubba Ray go through like a, ta- a table tower, a stack, yeah. but they kind of. Yeah. This is my view that as well. Like. This is this is the thing though. Like when you watch it for the first time and don't replay it, you think, "Oh, that went fine." Like he was only meant to hit one person, and then you realize if you were to actually look back at it, and he's aiming for two people, and he just somehow colossally fucked it up amidst all the chaos that's going on. You know, you think, oh, that could have easily been missed, and I just didn't see it, right? Because there's just so much shit going on. There's so many people, there's, like... We've just... You've just watched someone, and they play it as, like, this guy's almost been killed. Straight into a match where people are doing stuff almost as bad, but they're doing it multiple times mm-hmm. and getting back up. There's no pauses, there's yeah, no gaps to the make, like, that The believability factor leaves you, right? Yes. you're like, well, wait a minute, because if... If he almost died from falling off that, why are these guys getting straight Jeff, up Jeff, after this? Jeff literally jumped off the same. They've done exactly the same thing, but, but he's fucking straight but, back but up. He, no, he'll 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 sell it for about five minutes. Right. He'll, be, he'll be out of the match. For five minutes yeah, but and he'll, then he'll be go. back. But then he'll do it again. Yeah, he'll go off something else. He, he won't he'll learn from off the fucking ladder. Yeah. And oh all yeah, that. that's, yeah. A crack, that's a cracking spot as well. Mm. He's hanging from the belt, and Edge just spears him off the ladder yeah. towards the end. Yeah, I mean there were good bits. There were good bits. Like, every time someone got hit by a chair, you thought, fuck, that would hurt. Especially by who's doing the hitting. Yeah, because they're, they're big people. Edging and Christian swing a fucking chair, you know? They probably find a way of pulling it to a point where it's not going to hurt as bad, right? Just before you notice. But, also, you realise, what if one guy moves back slightly uh, while they, he's trying they, they to pull it? They tend not to pull the chair. They, they just swing it at you. 
Well, there we go. The flat surface is meant to hit your forehead, so it's the best place for it to hit, and it's yeah. not a problem. Less, cha- less chance of a concussion. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you've got wider um, area to fucking take the blow and soften it. But, like, if someone turns slightly and it cracks them on the side of the head, and you think, well, fuck, that's going to do some damage. And things like that can happen, especially with this whole chaos match where everyone's running around doing whatever the fuck they want. The easiest way to describe everyone in it is the Hardy Boys were, like, the smallest in it. Especially Jeff. Jeff's kind of a gang. They were the high flyers. They're the biggest high flyers. Well, yeah, because they had more maneuverability to actually do it. They had the most, like, agility in in their their moves. That's that's kind of the point. Edge and Christian are more fundamentally sound in reality. Yeah. If you were to look at like from a technical standpoint, they've had they've had technical wrestling matches. They could you if you could have got Edge in his heyday in New Japan now, he would have done all right. Yeah. He'd have done some really cool shit. Mm. Um and while they are the ones using the chairs and they're kind of bo- like, you know, I wouldn't want Edge swinging a chair at me. No, fuck no. <laughs> um that they, they can hurt. kind of they can kind of do everything. The two yeah. of them can do everything. They can do the high flying, they can do the technical, and they can do the hard Like a jack of all trades. Stuff. Yeah. But then you have the Dudleys, which are just two big fucking burly motherfuckers that just want to throw you around. Yeah. So you've got the dynamics of three diff- completely different style teams, yeah. but yet they do manage to fit all together in one complete package. Mm. Yeah, they worked it out perfectly when they, yeah. when they scripted that match. I think the issue that I had mainly is that I haven't seen a bad version of what that could be, right? It just looks like different sized fuckers doing different things. Yeah. And if I saw a bad version where things weren't going as planned and... Just watch Batgirl just wrestling then. <laughs> right. My this, this is my point. I've never seen anything like that. So I just look at this and go, what the fuck? What am I supposed to watch? Like, there's so much shit going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to keep your focus. But, you, you know, they, the the camera does the point of drawing your attention to where you, they want you yeah. to focus. Yeah, it, it, it will lead you to certain bits yeah. of, the, of the fucking yeah. ring. You'll see them setting up and then you'll just yes. follow suit from there. But, I mean... It's bizarre. It also brings in a very interesting fact in that match. Um, back in those days, there was no problem with um, cross-gender violence. Oh right, yeah. You know, yeah. you know like the the Hardys, uh, not Hardys, sorry, the, the Dudleys yes. do their finisher to Lita through the table and stuff like that. Yes, not that like, you wouldn't get that now. No, no. Well, see, and I think that's exciting. I like that. I like the fact that because it's empowering. She was, in bra, she was in her bra and she got put through a table. Well, yes, you know, a little bit of hard wood. But my point is, like, I like that factor because shout out to all of you girls out there. It's empowering. What up? It, well, no, it's it's empowering to see a woman stand her own in a ring with some fucking huge motherfuckers that are just trying to throw you about. You got these tiny, well, okay, they're not tiny, but you know what I mean, like yeah. smaller guys jumping off of fucking shit, and they're still in the ring and they're still holding their own. You know, it, it's empowering to see the amount of shit. You if you look up a highlight reel of like Jeff Hardy's, like biggest moments mm. all of it's just him throwing himself off of shit of course it's yeah. all him throwing himself off of shit well you saw it kind of in the match yeah itself. yeah yeah I that's mean, it that was Jeff you you literally that just is Jeff yeah you see him throw himself all the time and fucking he's landing on top of people he's okay maybe he's doing a little action roll to fucking get out of the way and then he's back up and does it again like it's just like a rinse and repeat formula for him um, but it works right it keeps things interesting I think it would be more interesting if you saw it 
from maybe two people's perspective rather than seeing nine people on the fucking screen. Because... wouldn't have the same sort of effect with some of those spots, so it kind of needs that multiple man yeah. sort of thing in order to achieve some of that stuff. Otherwise, you, don't, you think, if those two people go through a fucking table tower, yeah. they're not going to get up and one's not going to lie on a ladder while the other one jumps off of it. You've got to have it That's separated. True. And there's it. a lot of story involved in this, like especially with the people that run in. Yeah. They've got this, like, there's a reason for them. So Lita was the girlfriend of Matt, and they were like a threesome. And then Spike's like the runt little brother that they don't like. And then Rhino kind of just got thrown with it. Rhino, Rhino was literally, because he, um, I was listening to his interview on Jericho's podcast, uh, started the year. And he, uh, he literally talked about that. And he literally just, he got signed with WWE from ECW. They bought, they like signed him to the contract. And they're like, right, so we're just going to throw you with Edge. And he actually started, he got his start with Edge. Yeah, they so were they traveling around Canada each other, and yeah. So like, you know, like, you know, you know, Adam, so we're just going to throw you with Adam. And he's literally, he's, he's literally just a gore and done, really. Fucking hell. His moveset's not massive, but it, you don't want to get speared by him. Like. He's fucking, he's zangy. Yeah, that's Kill. what it is. He'd run into you, and once he hits you, it's game over. Yeah, that's good luck. Gore. Yeah. And they built him around that one move. They do it a couple of times with other wrestlers. Well, his, People his like Sheamus, for example, is another one where it's... The bro kick. The bro kick. His whole matches revolve around him hitting you with that. Randy Orton's another one. His whole match revolves around yeah, the RKO. Fucking Randy, Randy Orton slithering Randy, Randy can go, but he, he's... probably he's, one of the best ones about still these days. Yeah, but he likes to slow shit down. He almost likes to play the fact as like he needs the RKO to win. He can't win without the RKO is kind of how he... Yeah. But yeah, we, yeah that's where the whole meme came from. Yeah. Like the RKO. RKO. He's slithering in. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of the teams that we saw... So you got Bubba, Bubba and Devon, the brothers, but one's black and one's white, um, because their dad slung so much dick that he's got kids. The story is his dad, there's like hundreds of them. The dad just traveled around slinging dick. So nice. There's like hundreds of them. What a man. Um, you got Edge and Christian, who at that point were kind of a comedy-esque role. Uh, yeah, they were building into that role. Yeah. They weren't quite there, because I think they just left the brood. Yes, not long left the brood. Yeah. If you want to see one of the best entrances in... WWE history watch the entrance to the brood or gangrels like yeah. okay. coming coming up out of a ring of fire and, and theme as well the theme mm. tune is cool yeah. it's yeah. a really cool song and then you've got the Hardys which are like meant to be like counterculture cool kids right I mean sort of they were they were either they were seen before before there was a scene yeah yeah. they were seen oh, kids okay. before they were seen they were like yeah, it makes sense yeah now I look at it with the fishnets and the, the yeah uh, fishnets and the baggy and the fucking, jeans and shit oh. like that that is literally they were they were the they were, <laughs> They were emo kids before there was before there was emo. I was gonna, I was gonna mention it at the start, but like I remember watching them walk on, and I was like, "Who the fuck are these Ooh, guys?" A couple of twinks have come out. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, "Who the fuck are they? they? They're gonna get fucked up real bad." Nope. But no, no, they fucking held their own. One of the best tag teams ever. Like ever, in, ever. Fail, right? yeah. you, you go and watch the. Um, their in- their entrance at WrestleMania 33, when they literally no one knew they were coming back, mm. and they got entered into a ladder match for the tag titles, and you literally listen to that crowd like just fucking go a- ape shit. Mm. They go absolutely fucking ape shit. But out of those teams, which one was your personal favourite? <laughs> it's definitely the Dudleys. The Dudleys. Yeah, the Dudleys were funny as fuck. Yeah. Right. You just saw them scrambling about and fucking jumping wherever Did they, they do could. What's up? 
I think, did they do that one in that match? they do or not. So basically, Bar- Barber Ray grabs the legs when they're on the ground, pulls them back, and then Devon's on the top rail, he just headbutts into the no, groin. No, did they it, didn't. Did they do it to Lita? I don't think so. I don't think so. they did it on that match. No. They, they 3D'd her for a table. They do 3D her for a table, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what they did. And like the, the Dudleys, when the Dudleys found the groove of doing the Watson, they didn't need to use the tables every time. And it came, became a, th- it became a thing. Instead of having to have a hardcore match, yeah. they would end a match with a table. So I think they've only, just, they've only just, they'd only been in the company maybe a year by that point. Eh? They'd gone into the camo. They'd moved away from the tie dye when they first turned up. Yeah, that's what they were using in ECW yeah. in like ninety four, ninety six. So they used to wear tie dye jeans, and they were basically meant to be like hicks. Yeah, that's what I was getting. You were getting a hick I vibe, thought it was yeah. a kind of a hick vibe. Yeah. But by this time they changed it up a bit and there was camo involved and they, and they <laughs> Which they kept they kept for the rest of their tenure. Yeah. But even even camo is kind of like a hick yeah, thing, it right? It is, but it's not as Duck Dynasty. You should have seen what they looked like before. They looked like they stepped out of deliverance before, like You're right. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. ECW ECW right. Dudley's are the title. I, I fucking I just love them. The whole mechanic behind them. Oh. They're they're wrestlers, but they're not serious when they get on stage. And they just fucking, oh, they just yeah, seem so Yeah, if you so seen dopey. some of the shit they did in ECW, you wouldn't say that. No? Like, Barber in particular was ruthless on the microphone. Oh, yeah. The shit, he would get people to almost riot in the fucking crowd. There was one ECW pay-per-view where Barber sits there and he looks at a girl who must only be about 14. And she's with her mum, who's probably about 35. And they're screaming at him, and he goes, Oh, look over here, we got a mother who taught her daughter how to suck dick. <laughs> and this is a legit, and they're fucking trying to hop the barriers. There's people holding them back, the fucking husband's there. And he's like, Get in the ring, you fat fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, and he's just like, Because he was a bad guy. Baba was a villain, and he, he would do anything to make you hate him. Yeah. Um, he got in trouble in TNA for calling someone an F. Um, Homosexual oh, right. slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the guy was staring at him, got him to him, and he's like, Who's that, your mother? It's certainly not your girlfriend, you f. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, shit. Because his character was to be horrible. Like, you're yeah. not meant to like he's him. He's meant to be the villains, yeah. But, uh, but at this point in the WWE, they didn't. They, they didn't never it, ever yeah. went that far in nah, that. they wouldn't. Yeah. Apart from when they were putting old ladies through tables and stuff. And then you get like a hard on over it. May Young, May Young, May Young through the table that she's just like in her seventies, and he just power bombs her for a table. She took it. She took it like a champ. And then, and then when she got to the bottom, the story is she grabbed his hand. She went, "Why did you go and sover me, you pussy?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. That woman literally, I don't understand because she never really achieved much in her career until she went in. It's just hard back in her day to yeah, fucking achieve anything. Yeah, she's solid though. Yeah. She's solid. Like she would take any bumps they wanted her to do. Mm. Yeah, mm. tough old lady. So you rated the first one out of out of five. So I'll, I'll let Scott do his rating for this first. It's got to be another four. Another four. It I is because it just for me that is probably one of the, like along with the Hell in the Cell, it's probably one of the best matches from the Attitude Era. Like it's just iconic. Yeah, one's great, but two was two surpassed because it just one. blew things up. And then when they introduced the other people, which no one was really expecting until they come out, mm. no one was expecting them to get involved. You know, so like, um, yeah, no, yeah, four. So I, again, Scott, I'm with you. I agree. I agree. Okay. Another four star from me. So Tian's. All right, for me, I think you're right. Like watching that first one, and then rewatching it, and then watching it again. It kind of... Blew your load. Yeah, well, it didn't blow my load, but it, it made me, like... You were spent. 
it, in a way, I guess. Spent like, on the hardcore spots, like. It, yeah, like, the spots you saw immediately yeah. when you saw, you know, the fucking cage. But with the ladder match, you they're just fucking everywhere, and you've got to try and keep up with it. And I, I personally, I'm not a fan of that whole chaotic thing. Um, that was the Attitude Era in fucking nutshell, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Chaos there. was what they thrived on, because... It sold. The, at the time, like the biggest shows on TV were South Park and Jerry Springer. Yeah. And that's what they were competing with. Violent sold tickets. Yeah, it's true. You can walk around, right? I mean, maybe not here in Guernsey, but where I where I lived, wrestling wrestling was still geeky, right? In America it was hot. Well. It was hot. In in the UK it was still geeky. And it was still well, you watch fucking wrestling because people hadn't realised the attitude era had kinda happened. A lot of people hadn't realised. But you'd go to places like Oh, we're going to the fun fair or something this weekend. You're guaranteed to see t-shirts fucking everywhere when you went, you know? Which is not something which is not something you would ever even back in Hogan's era, you while all the kids at school liked it, you wouldn't walk around and see adults wearing fucking wrestling gear back then. No. But in the attitude era, you'd walk around when I'm like fifteen, I'd bump into other people. I'd make friends with people because they've just got a fucking Austin t-shirt on. Mm. Like, oh my god, you was fucking wrestling, you know? And then it, and as soon as you spoke to them, they want to be your friend too. Yeah. And it was and it was fucking everywhere. Advertisement spots, game shops, posters of the rock up everywhere, like all sorts of shit. It's like that at school. Yeah. Yeah. But, but obviously by the time wrestling was big, you're a Cena kid, right? I mean, I know you didn't watch it, but that's what era you would have grown up in. Yes. You would have grown in that you'd have grown up in the era of of John Cena. You're twenty four now. Ruthless He's been around aggression. for like thirteen, fourteen years. You would have been his target. Ruthless aggression era yeah. into the PG. You would have yeah. been his target audience. You can't fucking see me. But I'm shocked. I'm shocked it was the Dudleys. But yeah, you five star rating for this one. <laughs> At least it wasn't Adrian Christian. They, they were my least favorite out of those three. I'm a. I'm a go for a fucking solid three. That's like fair. I think I would probably enjoy it more if I saw a couple more. So I got more into the groove of how it works and what I'm looking for. Those sort of things were back then were a novelty because like like yeah. with, like with Hell in a Cell. TLC is now its own pay per view, so there's like three matches yeah. in that one pay per view. Whereas like Helen Cell and TLC back in those nine in the nineties, mm. they were like rarities. They were novelty matches that only happened, so you look forward to them, and they had to make a spectacle out of these matches. Yeah, yeah. this is the one we're talking about. It's the second one. Yeah, yeah. And it's, ever. It's like what six months apart. Mm. If you think, yeah, the other yeah. One was, well, the other one was what Survivor Series, Eight, SummerSlam, uh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. That was that was in the August, and then the following March, April, yeah. early April was uh, WrestleMania 17. I think it was March 28th or something like that. Was the, right. Yeah. So yeah, six months. Six, six months had gone by since they'd had one of those, mm. and then it had almost been a, maybe a year since they'd done the the ladder match that kicked the whole thing off because the Dudleys weren't even in the company when that ladder match happened. Yeah. So a solid three. It makes sense. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad match to watch. You could obviously see some of the crucial points. Like, the camera was following mostly what was going on. but The camera would always follow where the big, where, where, yeah, where, the most important information yeah, was coming from. Yeah, essentially where the next choreography was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. One thing I will ask you, because obviously this is something that's lost a lot on wrestling now. From both the Hell in a Cell and this, how did you find the commentary? I mean, okay, Hell in the um fucking hell in the cell the commentary was a fucking mess i mean it didn't ruin the experience because i was so enveloped by actually watching it and making my own mind up of what the fuck's happening but the commentary in that was kind of like you could tell the commentators weren't fucking in on what was going on they weren't being given the information on what the others knew 
They want a genuine reaction. Yeah. They wanted them to react naturally. Right. And I guess in a way that's good. However, they clearly just kind of botched it. They were just fucking saying whatever, like, oh, he's down, he's down, and then he gets back up. You say that because wrestling fans will claim that that is the best style of wrestling commentary. But when I say what's lost now, what's lost now is they are told what to say. For me, when you're listening to a commentator, you want to hear what's actually going on. If someone is genuinely hurt, it's more exciting to hear that they're fucking hurt, right? I mean, obviously, for an audience that's watching the wrestling and they see someone starting to limp, they're going to be like, boo, fuck you, fuck you. Like, as a viewer just watching the match and trying to see what's going on, it's, especially from my perspective, when I've only watched the one, I'm going, is that guy actually fucking hurt? Mm. Selling. Right? Is he fucking actually hurt? And then he gets back up. And I'm like, oh, he's back up. That's fucking awesome. But the commentators are still going, oh, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. I'm like, fuck off. He's up. He's going, mate. He's in. He's climbing the fucking cage again. But that motherfucker stood back up. And the commentators were like, no, they can't continue this. They can't. And then he's fucking climbing the cage. And then Undertaker pulls him back down through a fucking table. I suppose there is some context missing. Because you're like, why are they saying he's hurt? And he shouldn't be doing this. He, he's Because it ruins up. it. But... The other thing is, these people in the commentary booth, they're, fr- they're friends with these guys. Mm. This yeah. is, they're watching their mate. Oh, yeah. get, so they're yeah. like, don't get up. Like, so, And if you know the context of that, and you understand that JR in particular was really close to Mick, that when this happened and he thinks, if fucking, my friend is fucked. He, he's going to be, we're going to lose him for a year. He's going to be so injured after this shit. We don't, and his reactions are genuine. However, I understand if you didn't know all well, this that's stuff it, going right? in, you're the, like, this guy, just shut up. With this you. is my point, because obviously I don't know the context behind yeah. what's going on behind the scenes. But what I did know was they're saying he's hurt, he can't keep going. Whereas he, the, mankind is building up this character of I'm fucking, I'm keeping it going. I'm going. I'm not going to stop. And that builds more excitement for me, seeing the guy get back up, push through and fucking do it again. Then some commentator going, oh, fucking get him off. He can't keep going. For me, I think... But they're I, trying to... But what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is they're trying to say that he, that he shouldn't keep going, which helps sell the fact that he is keep going. I get it. it, it the, kind resi- of, the resilient baby face. That's yeah. what they're trying but to I, put. But I felt like mankind sold it himself. That He didn't need the he commentators need the to fucking say, oh, he's injured, he shouldn't keep going. Because he's fucking selling that he's going to keep going. Like, they don't need some commentator telling him what to do because he's doing it. Yeah, because the reason I brought it up is because I like that commentary style oh, okay. from back All then. Right. Like, WWE's, I, WWE's commentary team now, Michael Cole and Corey Graves, for example, are just fuck. They have a very shit. similar voice. And it's just... Uh, Corey Graves is a very funny guy if they let him be. And he, and he, but he's also a massive prick. Yes, <laughs> well, that's that's what he just an he just, unlikable he just prick. annoys the fuck. And out Michael of Cole is your typical geek. Well, he's a, he is he is a company man. All Elite, on the other hand, have Jr. Who was in that match? He's like, by God, you've broken him in half. That guy, right? Yeah. Tony Schiavone, both <laughs> legendary commentators. I did actually. I kind of did like. I did like the commentary in that because it was less about fucking oh they're hurt they're hurt and it's more of about oh here comes the chair and here comes the drop from the ladders and it's like it's more like 
in your face. Oh, he's just commentating on what's going on. Well, the JR's like a legendary commentator. But the problem is now he's like, what, 68 or something. So we're going, yours, to the, we're going to the Kenny, You're gonna have to, yeah, Kenny Omega versus Okada. Kazuchika Okada. Kazuchika. It was a championship what was, match. What was the tempo of the fucking match? Fast paced. Uh, well, they were, not, they not, were not, both fast Not as fast paced as Super Juniors. Theirs was more, a little bit more hard hitting. You would tell Kenny Omega because he's got the sort of curly long oh hair. yeah like, yeah okay dresses yep. in black yes um, yeah, yeah. he's he he had grey hair at that point didn't he, he? did have, I think still had the greyish yeah like the clean, weird, was, he, was he, he was the cleaner he was still at that the point. cleaner yeah so they they had a couple of matches they had a trilogy of matches which was like um, a win for Okada a draw and a win for Omega and that's how it went and the the match we're, we're talking about is Rated incredibly highly by the highest stars by Dave Meltzer. Yeah, and Dave Meltzer, to, for those who don't know, or for TN anyway, people who listen to this one know he's he's like um, a wrestling journalist, probably the he's, most credible he's one. The wrestling journalist, probably the most credible one, but he is also he is also like span a lot of yarn and bullshit at the same time. If people do want to leak something to Meltzer. If people do want to leak something in wrestling, they go to him. Yeah. However, you know they are going to flavor it when they go to him. Yes. And he will repeat whatever the fuck they say. Okay. But he is the guy they always go to. Mm. And he rated this match like his highest rated match of all time. Yeah. So, Kenny Omega, I will say, is probably my favorite wrestler right now. He's had a bit of a shit year with his current company all elite he's out of japan now he's gone to an uh he helped start uh, an american uh, rival company he's an evp so he he helped start an american rival company to the wwe which are doing really well for themselves and he at the time of this match was probably the best wrestler in the world match quality one of them well the two of them in the match probably you know and I wanted this guy. Like, you know, my love for Kenny Omega knows no fucking bounds. Like, I have a lot of respect for the guy. I like the guy. He's a huge gamer. He, he, oh, yeah. he you know, he's... He's massively into Street Fighter. He's, mm-hmm. he, the V-Trigger is one of his finishing moves, which is from Street Fighter. And his mm-hmm. other finish move is One Winged Angel. Oh, Sephiroth! It's, it's a cracking finisher as well. He gets him up on his shoulders... Then basically tucks him, grabs him ahead, and then slams him to the floor. Or he drops oh. down with him. It's a really cool move. And then in his final match, he came out to Undertale. The scene he got Toby Fox to make him nice. a video with Kenny challenging a wrestler in the Undertale uh, the style, Undertale style. And he 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 is like a huge gamer geek and stuff. Yeah. Like even his name, That's like cool. Kenny Omega, comes from Omega Man Omega, from Mega yeah. Man. So it's like all this stuff, it comes from like... He's a massive nerd. Massive nerd. Really fucking likeable guy. But also, as seen in this match, a fucking super talent in terms of what he can do in the ring. Mm. Um, And that's just one side of it. You then got Okada, who is... The top boy of New Japan. He's like the John... No, no, no. He's like the Randy Orton of Japan. Calling him a John Cena, that goes to Tanahashi. It has to, right? Yeah. Because of the legendary stats as well. Yeah. He he's like the chosen one of the company, mm. and deservedly so because the guy's fucking good. Like he he started off as a young lion, which is like what well, their their trainees and that were like. They was do the matches at the start, of the pay per views and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And then they were basically after so many years in the in the dojo. Hmm. they send them over to either Mexico or America to do like a, a tenure 
at another promotion. Okay. And yeah. basically, Okada got sent to TNA, and they fucking ruined him. Like yeah. they didn't use him properly. Not how they wanted. They basically, basically, made, it caused New Japan to sever ties with TNA. Yeah. That's how they gave they him like that. Like, like basically, they took this young Japanese guy and gave him like kind of a racist gimmick. Oh, okay. They made him Kato from the Green Hornet. <laughs> oh with the little God. black mask and the like little oh, sort of gimmick and right. it's like what the fuck and like literally he left TNA went back to Japan and became the Rainmaker he had the talent level while he had the talent level he has now not as not as tenured not as um, crisp but he had he that won the, talent he won, the, he won his first heavyweight title within like his first year or two of being back of being from tenure back, yeah that's how much they thought of him. And they thought so highly of him. And he created this character, the Rainmaker, which is like a money gimmick. Like he's he His brings... intro music is literally just a coin drop and then the music stops. Yeah, and and uh, like dollars falling from the sky and shit. You know, yeah. He's flashy looking blonde, bleach blonde, short hair, yeah, big yeah. robe. Um again, another fucking absolutely phenomenal wrestler. I don't like him. You don't like him? I don't never I just don't I just don't he's not of like a I don't I don't get me wrong. I appreciate how good he is. I just don't. I just never got on with it. He just. He just seemed. I know. You know. I know he has nothing to do with the booking. But there's times when I've watched his matches. And I'm like, you should be losing this one. You oh, just, he was he, booked, just, he was booked to to, to dominate. Yeah, and it, to I just, dominate. He, he just reminds me a bit too much of Hulk Hogan and the way he's getting booked to win. Yeah, when yeah he well, that, really that's be... why I brought Cena up because there was a point in time where oh, just, Cena thing. just needed to fucking lose, and he yeah. would win matches. Where they've built something like Rusev, for example, they just made Rusev look shit. Yeah, you built this dominant Russian Same dude up, submitting everyone, and then he goes in the ring against John Cena, and John Cena beats him. Yeah, mm. Bray Wyatt, this dominant, weird, like sort of cult leader, cult leader from the Hick Woods with this army of people, goes up yeah. against John Cena, John Cena beats him. Like they do this shit, and they did do a lot of that. Akada's changed now; he's putting more people over, and it, it's different. Yeah. Well, he, he did that with the G1 with Will, eh? Will they were, he was like a turn for Will yeah. but they, he put Will over even though they were in the same staple and stuff like that yeah. but so before before we went on air you kind of said Tian about this match and about the the way it was sports. oh yeah the, it it a lot of people have skepticism towards wrestling and I did before I even watched these matches um, that it's all staged and it's all fake and it's all uh, choreographed, and none of it's real. And I watched, obviously, the first one, which kind of ruined the second one. And then I got to the New Japan stuff. And that's when I realized that wrestling is very different to what I grew up, like, hearing about, right? I saw New Japan stuff, and I genuinely thought these guys were going to kill each other. Like, with the amount of blows being fired... Um, you know, obviously with the speed, the agility, and the skill, and the technical ability. And the length. Yeah, the, the fucking, the size of those fuckers' legs as they swing. And I they're fucking... That, I, was about, I, was about, I was talking about how long the matches went on Oh, for. sorry. Oh, you meant duration. Were, th- were you thinking, like, Hell in a Cell and TLC 2, those matches ranged about 20 to 25 minutes. Yes. Okada Omega 2 was oh, over yeah, an was hour. Over an hour, yeah. It was over an hour of just two guys just going at it. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that you see how quickly they move and react as well, you realize just how fucking fit these people have to be. They're not just muscle-bound guys that do one hit and then win the match. And, in, in, and, and maybe we should talk about both matches kind of in one for Tian's sake because he's 
plugin. My dude, I'm sorry. Just in general, because Tien's tight as fuck. Okay, yeah, so let's just go, because the New Japan style in its own right is a very more... It's more martial arts than it is actually. I say it's script more script, but I don't actually think it is. I think, I they, think, it I think it's all called on the on called the, on the, on the, the fly. Spot. It looks yeah. cool on the fly. Yeah, the, a lot of the stuff they do is called literally there and there in the ring. They literally just know how long they've got, hmm. and like red shoes was red shoes the referee in both of them, wasn't he? I think it was red shoes. In both you know, the referee had red shoes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he is like the main referee of New Japan. He's, he's been there for fucking he's retiring years. Retiring soon, right? He Tori recently. Tiger Tori. Yeah, Tiger Tori has done recently. I'm not sure if Red Shoes is going just yet. Yeah, you, you see the New Japan style in its own right. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of because those matches are so long, you can't. I can't really expect you to kind of break them down and find your your favorite. No, because it is yeah. it's a lot harder to. The highlights are tough to find, but yeah. I mean, the the highlight for me is just the movement. The the fucking just how much movement there is. These fuckers don't stop moving, and they don't pause, and they don't fucking wait for some cunt to get up. They're constantly doing something, whether it's dodging they're taking or advantage. evading. If someone's on the floor, they're taking advantage of it. They're not yeah. lying on the ground for like 20 seconds. They're not doing the bullshit, oh, I'm dazed kind of thing. Yeah. It, they literally, you they're, get a they're bit out of that, to win. But you don't get it for long. It's not long, you right? Get it for what, you get it until one of them takes advantage of the situation. Yeah. yeah. You know, like with, with, with Kenny Omega, for example, he, he likes to do the, the double foot stomp onto someone when they've got something laying on, on the table and stuff. You know, he's got these moves that he likes to do. Um, and in, in that match, you've got that hellacious fucking um, suplex on the top rope onto mm. the head, which is fucking horrible. To oh, it's brainbuster. Yeah, the brain. Oh, it's the brainbuster. You're right. Yeah, and it, it, they, you've got these. The, you've got these moves in there that look like they will fuck you up. Oh yeah. And when these matches end, both matches end, and you look at their bodies, how fucking sweaty they are. Oh yeah. How bruised they are. They've got lumps. They've got they've got marks on their skin. Like. No one walks out of a match like either the Shingo Osprey or any Kenny Okada, ma- Okada match that you may ever watch mm. without needing a fucking ice bath and a fucking well, you couple see, of days yeah. rest. You see that pretty much most matches. As soon as the match is finished, the uh, the re- the young lions at ringside will come in with ice packs yeah. to saw where they're where they're hurt. It, yeah. It's more on the verge of boxing, really. When you look at the fucking they, damage they that's done, they fuck each other up really, really, like, and it's called strong style. Japanese, strong, Japanese style. strong style and that basically means that in pro wrestling you pull your punches in Japanese wrestling fucking they don't it. pull it so much just, <laughs> they just, pull it but but then they don't the punches really punch. are always because you're not actually punching someone no. but it mm. looks a lot more real than it does and things like forearms WWE and like, oh, oh and the slaps yeah and the slaps the chops you're going up against oh, someone like Minoru Suzuki he's going to fucking hurt you oh There's yeah no way he, he just goes out to hurt someone he's guy's fucking mental and like Kenny's knees against Okada are fucking stiff as hell but they're going straight to the chest they're not actually yeah, it looks yeah. like they're going to the head but they're going straight to they're, the going they're still to the taking chest. a knee to the chest it's going to hurt gonna... Yeah. if anything it'll knock the wind out of you yeah. yeah you know and you know looking at all the guys in it if we were to look at someone like Okada he's a, he's a, f- a fundamental guy Kenny is like and I'll, I'll say it again one of the best oh, wrestlers yeah. in the world yeah I, I agree and then you've got Will Ospreay, who is so fucking unbelievably talented. He is my favourite wrestler hmm. by the minute, because he is just... Every time I watch him, I'm impressed by watching how the right. shit he can do. He does stuff that you look at it and go, how? We, there's, there's one spot I remember from uh, when I rewatched the match on Monday, and it's like, he... 
Irish whips, which is like the, when you throw him against the ropes. He throws oh, okay. Shingo against the rope. And just as Shingo's coming back, he does this thing where he literally kicks off of his chest and does a backflip and lands in front of him. He does that in that assist. Man, I've... Yeah, I know. So, I mean, it's, honestly, it's, it's, it's a 45-minute match. So that's just one of the spots I remember the most because it literally, I'm always impressed when he, I've seen him yeah. do it so many times. He literally just runs up him and does a flip. And mm. He trended as a meme offspray for his match with Kota Ibushi. Oh, yeah, where he does the, the, top the Hurricane Rana and he literally does a, he does a complete flip and just lands on his feet. Oh, yeah, I remember, I've seen and that one. Yeah. Kota, and like, then you've got the pause of them, like... And just look behind. <laughs> yeah, look yeah behind I've him. seen that one. Yeah. You know, like... Because they were expecting him to get fucked up and yeah, he's yeah. just, like, fucking standing there, like, yeah, that's right. And, like, you know, so this guy's trended as a meme that even somebody who doesn't watch wrestling team knows the first Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, because that, that's a cracker that, thing. It's yeah. so good. It's like the oh shit moment. And then of, sometimes oh, they put fuck. like music to it from video games. You got to put. You got like, like, <laughs> It seems like you got to put like the Terminator. The dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Just look behind him. And then we've got Shingo, who is a fucking Ringo Shingo brute oh, of yeah. a guy, Powerhouse. like a fucking scary motherfucker. You know. So like between all four of them, you've got like the the chosen one who's the fundamentals. You've got Kenny, who's just in, incredibly just well-versed in pro wrestling. You've got Osprey, who just never ceases to amaze. And then you've got a guy who just will fuck you up. Mm. But he's a, you, you've got a good lesson in pro wrestling, to be honest here. Oh, yeah. yeah you, get, pro you get to see the majority of the style. Well, okay, classes, I should really say, right? Yeah. You've got the heavy hitters. You've got the agile movements. And then you've got the fucking fundamental players, which are all technical. And then obviously Osprey being... Uh, all round in some sense right yeah especially now he's kind of changed his style up a little bit he's doing more brawling he's incorporating more brawling but the guy's going to go to the moon I mean he's going to be so big I'm literally just waiting for them to go all in and make him make him make him the champion Mm. because he's won well yeah he's he's won he's won the the junior heavyweight you know it's literally just a case of he's been with the company for a couple well for about four Five years now, I think. He's been loyal. He's turned down contracts. Oh, no, he's full, he's actually technically yeah. full-time New Japan. Yeah, he's turned down contract offers from the WWE. Yeah. Probably all elite, I'd imagine. Well, hopefully they're going to strike up a partnership because I'd love to see him in, in AEW. Well, they look like they've got a partnership with TNA and TNA have managed to get a partnership back with New Japan. So, so it could have worked with the three of them together. Being they fucking mention each other. And they've got NWA as well. And the NWA in there. I'd love that. Imagine that, the four of them. Ring of Honor... Uh, has kind of disappeared because of the pandemic. Yeah, they're not, hit hard which is another company. They've not done so well. Um, yeah, so I won't ask you to rate each match, but how do you rate the Japanese style out five? I want to say that I enjoyed it more than the spectacle. I I do in all yeah, so I I'd say it's Same. probably five if I've given no, no, four. I'm with you. I think Scott's because it's in the greatest world. It's and just, you got some quality matches there with those oh, two those matches. Because the thing is, it, it's just so much more interesting to watch. You're not seeing these long pauses. They're actually looking as though they're going to fuck someone up. Like, okay, I said it before when you saw him get thrown off the cage. That looked as though that fucked him up, right? Because the reality is. It, it was did. an accident, and it did fuck him up. Yeah, but it wasn't intended to, right? And I think that's what made that so great was the fact that it you was a supp- genuine you scare. Shocked and surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with this, you've got that constant shock of if any of these fucking hit properly, 
it's gonna go bad. That's how Japan tends to work with you know is like any at any moment one move could end the match. Well, yeah, and it's meant to keep you. It's like the way it's like it's meant to keep you on the edge of your seat. Mm. Now you might have noticed, well, not, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but like the crowds when you're there. Mm. So the crowds at, uh, uh, at like American wrestling, they are very loud. Oh yeah, very into it, very kind of part of the show. Which yeah. Japanese. Because they are, because of the culture they are, they're a lot more polite. Yeah. So you get the cheers, you might get the odd women shouting someone's name, but it's more, it's yeah. more, it's more the claps Clapping. than it's more the like, actual getting into it. They stay seated. It's more like a high class time. kind yeah. of deal. But right? then what they do with the Japanese crowd is they build them up yeah. to by the end of the match, they go fucking men. But they still stay seated. They still stay yeah. seated. Yeah. They still stay seated. I couldn't imagine. I've literally one. I think we spoke about this before. It's like one of the things both me and him really want to do is we want to go watch Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. It has to be done. Mm. We want to do it. We want to do it. Yeah. That or I literally would just go there for a month and just watch the whole of the G1. Just follow them around. Because they do Osaka and Tokyo and I think they do one other place. place. And I literally would just love to follow them around and just watch every single round of the G1. And then go to Dominion. Uh, Well, not (laughs) Dominion. Sorry. Um... What's that? What's there one? is one straight afterwards. There is one straight afterwards. Power Struggle? No. That's yeah, because Domin- Dominion's after the Super Junior, because that's usually when they challenge. So, like, with, with Will winning against Shingo, mm. so basically the winner of the G of the Super Junior gets a match against the current Super Junior champion. Yeah. Which at the Well, Junior champion, which was um, at the time was Dragon Lee. Now, if you want a match that is just as good as, Will, as Osprey versus Takagi. Hmm. Maybe not as, but pretty much fucking on par. Yeah. Like different. Yeah, well, We're very different. But you want the, the match that happened literally the night afterwards yeah. was Will oh, versus Dragon the, the Lee. To, the toll the Japanese for the match. stars when they have hmm. tournaments and they have stuff put on their bodies is insane. Yeah, they will go night after night for weeks on end. Yeah, so you think G, the G one that's happened recently? You they do usually three nights back to back, then have two days rest. And then do another three nights. So you, it, the way they do it, same with the Super Juniors, it's broken into uh, group uh, Group A and Group B. Yeah. So say Group A does night one. Mm. There's Group B night two. Group A, a night three. three. And then it's two, they day, two days break. So basically each group does two days out of three, then they get a rest. Yeah. Two days yeah. out of three, then they get a rest. But because I think because with normally with like um, normal G1s, I think because mm. of COVID and everything, they're trying to keep the brackets separate until they have to clash them. Yeah. yeah. But normally in past years, you would have it would be a five-hour show, and they'd wrestle every on, night. Yeah, and you would have the guys yeah. that are in Group A on a Group B night would do tag team matches. Mm. So the first two matches would be the Group A guys fighting each other, right. and then you do the the round matches for Group B, and then the next night you would have so everybody would be wrestling three days on the trot, get two days break, three days on the trot, right? Every night, well, mm. every every time. Everybody wrestles. Yeah. yeah. So before we end this, Tien, if you were to watch wrestling again, out of what you saw, yeah, WWE Attitude Era esque, in your face spectacle, mm. or New Japan, if you were to sit there and go, I feel like watching some wrestling. I'm gonna Google some. Which would you type in? <sighs> mm. Problem is. There's a lot of iconic moments in mm. spectacle wrestling. There is. There's yeah. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas in New Japan wrestling, it's less about the highlights and more about the endurance of the fights themselves. Yes. The matches themselves. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like witnessing the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's the environment they create, it's the atmosphere throughout the match. Obviously, you've got the determination you can see on their fucking faces as yeah. they fight. You know, it that in itself is a spectacle, but without making a big deal of it. So I don't know. I think if I wanted a quick clip, like that I can memorize, I'd probably go spectacle wrestling, right? But if I wanted to sit down and actually watch a match, it would be New Japan. Yeah, like so for your own enjoyment, without having to do an episode, nothing like that. You just wanted to go. Oh, I might watch a bit more wrestling. Yeah, you're more leaning towards New Japan. But in terms of something you need to. No, yeah, just like quickly see highlights yeah. and things like that. It's easy to do with spectacle because yeah. they make such a big deal of it. Okay, no, that makes sense. Now, that's yeah. how much, that's pretty much how I watch WWE now. Yeah, yeah. you just, just go I, for actually, the highlights. So, in your first little foray into pro wrestling, how did you feel about it in general? I'm gonna be honest. I put Is it, it for off. You? I I put it off right because okay, I, I put it off because I was like. Me. I'm not interested in fucking seeing some topless guys fucking smack, smack each we'll other see, we'll about. Are you sure right? about that? Yeah, well, you... not those kinds of guys. Not even Kenny Omega. Mm... <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Maybe. All right, all right. Maybe Osprey a little bit as well, actually. <laughs> anyway. He's very handsome. Man. He is oh, a handsome God, man, right? Osprey is a handsome man. I'll tweet him that. But anyway, um, for the most part. But then that's a very different wrestling, right? Like yeah, both are both. That's very that's more athletic wrestling so than it is. Are you trying to say you came in it to, with some preconceived notions? Oh yeah, I came into it with the whole Western. Everybody view. only ever really understands WWE's way of doing things. Right. Yeah. And it is very. It's very scripted. It can look very fake. And that's why and safe and yeah, coddled and yeah. yeah. This is this is why when I was like procrastinating procrastinating and I finally sat down I was like uh, well, you know it's coming up so you've got to do it you can't just turn up and say I haven't watched anything yeah well that's it so I was like okay fuck it I'll finally get this done and then I watched the intro of them walking on and I'm like yeah okay cool make a big show and then I saw things go wrong and I was like alright <laughs> Okay. That's why, that's why I picked that match. This is different. Uh, and then obviously I started seeing the fucking blood and the fucking. Well, tats. we spoke about what matches to fucking send yeah. him. Like, we kind of coordinated yeah. the. Yeah. I saw the fucking tax come out and he was being thrown on him. And I was like, this is fucking mental. As soon as Scott told me he was sending you the King of the Ring match, the Heaven mm. Cell, I was like, oh, well, that's. I gotta cross that one off right. my list. I've got to something else now. <laughs> That's it. And then I went into the latter one and I was like a little bit disappointed. I was like, okay. Alright, now we're back to the more fucking use fucking chairs and ladders and yeah. uh, okay, whatever. I'm a bit shocked. I thought you would have been more into that because you like video nah. games and shit that you would And uh see I never I never got into the whole WWE games. Um and then I saw Too new. Late. I went into New Japan thinking to myself, uh, "It's going to be the same shit." And then I I watched about ten minutes. I was like, "All right, okay, this is a lot faster paced. They're clearly actually trying to do technical stuff here rather than making a big scene of everything." Well, that's it. And then I got about thirty minutes into the match, and I was like, "Holy shit, they're still going like this." 
And then I got about an hour in and I was like, fuck me. These guys are going. Their conditioning is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Their, their fucking endurance is nuts. Yeah, we're talking of a level of fitness that is achieved by very few people. Oh, yeah. top. Uh, I'd say top three. No, not even that. Probably top 1% of human beings. Look at basketball. These are these wrestlers to me are on par with that level of athlete. Yeah, oh, because they go for so fucking, they can go for so long, and they're not viewed in the same light. And I think it's a bit of a disrespect that people don't look at wrestlers and go, "Yeah, are." Not because it's not real. But then, if you want to watch real wrestling, you watch fucking like the mat wrestling. That's real wrestling, and it's fucking awesome as well. Yeah, there's some fucking cracking matches. Even jujitsu tournaments are basically wrestling, right? Because they're fucking grappling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ground-based. Jiu-jitsu is fucking dope. And it is like watching people play chess with their bodies 100%. Yeah. There's no other way around it. Like, I agree. They're, they're fucking phenomenal. I would, put, I would put pro wrestlers on par with those guys in terms of fitness. I've sparred against black belt jiu-jitsu guys when I used to train Kung Fu. Mm. Not hoping hell. Like, You've not got a chance. Literally. I was fine as long as we were standing. But as soon as you take it oh, to yeah. the ground, I thought I had him. Literally, he just slipped out. Like, literally, he just knew every single way. Like, they used to teach us reversals into moves. Yeah. Like, I learned certain, like, um, like for an arm bar. Literally, they taught me how to get out of an arm bar really quickly. Like, mm. just shit mm. like that. It's just, there's no competition when yeah. it comes to the ground game. Because they, oh, know, they know it. They know it like that. Off, off the top of their head. They, can, yeah. they, they count this. They sleep thinking about this shit, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys... I hope, I hope, T and you enjoyed the rest oh, of the yeah. matches we it was sent good fun. as a whole. I mean, I think going forward we will do stuff like character stuff. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just, no, easy, it's just cool. easier. It's a little that's bit cool. more. And you, it could be happy to continue to do. That, oh yeah, think, no, yeah. I'm down. I at least next time I'll have sorted stuff out and, and not you be have had 36 hours awake. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to give a quick shout out for something before we sign off. So next Saturday, which will be the 28th of November. The charity fundraising group that I'm involved with and like Tian's been a part of. Before. I, I have, think yeah. you've been down once yeah, or twice. Yeah, a few times. Do yeah. a Guernsey Gamers for Good. We are doing our 24-hour marathon for charity for two local charities, being Disabled Swimming and um, Bowel Cancer Guernsey. Hmm. And we are raising money. We're doing a 24-hour stream. We're going to be gaming for from 10 uh, from 10 o'clock Saturday morning to 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Yeah. Tian's gonna jump on with us. Um, try and jump on with us. Yeah, like, jump, in, jump in with like um, like Chris. A bunch of guys are gonna be playing all sorts of games. We're also gonna be doing room-based games. So we're gonna have a we're gonna attempt a LAN party game of Among Us, oh, and we're all gonna be wearing bandanas to sign to show what color we are. Oh, and then instead of having an emergency meeting in game, we're gonna have an emergency meeting in room. That's we're gonna do cool. we're gonna attempt a four-hour one-shot D and D session session hopefully be filmed like streaming that mm. we're going to be playing jackbox pokemon stadium 2 oh. pod racer and you know amongst like doing live streams of everybody else playing around so you know we have gone the twit we're on twitch we're on the facebook of guernsey gamers for good guernsey gaming for good oh, sorry guernsey gaming <laughs> guernsey for good. gaming my for bad good. Yeah. my bad i get confused <laughs> that's on all right i just thought i was just call it gg4g <laughs> yeah, yeah guernsey, ga- guernsey gaming for good just yeah, we're it's on the Twitch. Well, yeah, yeah. So Sam will share the link. You you want to give us a watch, donate some cash to our local charities. Just help us out, raise the number up. Yeah, the fucking sound of you guys just watch us yeah. play some fucking games and be dicks. Yeah, and oh. if you if you donate two thousand pounds total, I'll film myself sucking Sam's dick. 
That's not No, 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 it's too late. Wait a minute, I don't consent. Are you saying if we raise over two grand? No, I'm saying if... someone donates two grand on their own. No, 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 if people from the podcast, as a collective, raise two thousand pounds... I don't consent to this. You've got to say it as a message. Yeah, but see, we don't care. Suck Chris's dick. I've already done that. I don't need to do that. That's okay, all right. So, yeah, so you heard it here so first. So do it again. When you send, if you donate and it re- and you have yeah. to say from the say literally from this put it, guy sick. Put it on this guy's six page. All right. <laughs> and well, how will, much you've donated? And, and, and basically, Dick um, is actually a, a picture. Of no, no, Dick no, 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 <laughs> from, from no. From Batman. I'm talking I about your phallus. Cut out of Dick <laughs> 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 but yeah, you know, so it's ten o'clock. English time, so I understand the American <laughs> listeners. It'll are gonna, go outside. It'd be, it'd be, not, I just, I just mean just generally in time of when we start. Ten o'clock, ten a.m. British time. British time. But twenty-four time. hours, so you guys yeah, can we're, tune we're, in we're whenever the fuck. Hours, you want. Like, yeah. We start at ten o'clock British time, which is like five o'clock um, Eastern, like fucking. Zip. And who knows? Two, I, o'clock, two o'clock Western. And who knows? I might Pacific, pop in and say hello. Mm, Nah, if you're listening yeah. to this, you're already a degenerate who doesn't sleep, so you may as well join in. Yeah. Hey, shout out! <laughs> shout out! Let's go! Oh, wait, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll, we'll do some more wrestling stuff. Give us some feedback. Yeah, let, yeah, us know. let us know if you enjoyed this. And, um, I enjoyed idea. it. We'll do a bit more. 